Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's going on, everyone? Jetta Cameron, John Ritchie. It is uh, 94 WIP. Great to be with you off and rolling this Thursday morning. Leap year. What do we call it? Leap day? Is that it? Yeah. Leap day. Sleep day. Because you don't hear that as much. You hear about leap year. You don't hear about leap day. But I guess that's so it only what we... happens once every four years. Well, that would be right. So welcome to it. Here it is. An extra day this year. Uh, look, um, a quiet night, obviously, to say the least, last night in the world of Philadelphia sports. Very quiet. Uh, but we've got some stuff for sure to get into today. An Eagles survey of the, of the players, a, a league-wide survey. We'll get to that how the Eagles ranked according to other, uh, 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 as opposed to other teams, all sorts of stuff there organizationally. Phil's a fascinating poll result we had yesterday we'll dive deeper into today. Ray Didinger with us in studio at 7. Phone calls throughout. we got some cool prizes to give away. We'll do it all with you on the phone lines at 215-592-9494. Rich Rich. Hello, Joe. Hello there, Johnny. 1995, uh, one megapixel camera cost $20,000. That's crazy. Now, $20,000 in today's money is $38,000. So a one megapixel camera in 1995 is $38,000. My phone has a camera that has 48 megapixels working for it. Think about that. They make cameras that go up to 200 megapixels <gasps> now. It's less than 30 years ago. Now you get, how crazy that is. $38,000 for one megapixel well, in 1995. You got a million-dollar phone. Hey, I got a million-dollar phone. Let me do an Doesn't Oprah everyone, thing. Yeah. You got a million-dollar. You got a million-dollar. <laughs> you got a million-dollar phone. How many people remember that when she was giving away the cars? <laughs> you got a car. Fantastic. You got a car. All right. So and that's pretty cool. pretty cool fact right there. You know what's also um, maybe not cool but interesting? We had a poll result uh, yesterday, and we, we did not really discuss the, the, the details of the poll much through yesterday's show. Very end, we sort of touched on it. But our poll question yesterday was who should bet lead off for the fills? See, here, let, me, let me tell you the good thing about February 29th. It's the final day before the month of March when the Phillies start their season. Like, we're getting, we're getting kind of close here, right? We really are kind of getting close. And, uh, by the way, you know, they started in late March. I think they actually – I think yesterday was one month to go until the start of the season, I believe. So, you know, they're going to have to drill down soon on who's going to bat leadoff. And we had a poll result yesterday, which fascinates me, when people are this split on something that needs to be decided upon. Our poll question yesterday, who should bat leadoff for the Phillies? We had three choices, the obvious three choices. Here's the way the results came in. Trey Turner won the poll with 39%. Kyle Schwerber finished second with 33%. And Bryson Stott third, but not far behind, at 28%. So you have three guys really not separated by that many votes, 39%, 33 and 
all obviously very close. Look, I want to hear from people at 215-592-9494 as the Phils get closer to the season because, you know, it's an important decision for Rob Thompson to make, and it's really not just about who should bat leadoff. It's about how to then construct things, ready for this, behind leadoff and in front of leadoff. I mean, we know at the end of the season the Phillies lost the end, the very end, they lost because their bats stopped hitting. They did. They lost because their it's not like their pitching completely fell apart. They weren't getting bombed giving up, you know, nine runs a game in the playoffs there. They stopped hitting. So this is one of the main things to drill down on. I'm curious where you stand at 215-592-9494. Let me tell you this. I am, first off, extremely torn. And, and I think it's evidenced by this poll. I mean, this is one of those things where you can make viable arguments in a lot of different directions. I totally recognize that. And so within my own mind, I've had conf- – really, I've had conflict for a couple of years now because we all know what they've primarily done. It's primarily been a Schwarber thing. They have won a lot of games when he has been the leadoff hitter. It feels funky to me. It's, you know, but I, I – You re- can't argue with the results. Well, I can argue with the results. Okay, go ahead. Be- well, I'll give you one argument with the results. Um, you know, Bryce Harper was, was in the lineup when Kyle Schwarber was batting leadoff more than when Kyle Schwarber wasn't batting leadoff last year. Like, you know, th- there are some – Zach Wheeler pitched better – as the year went on, instead of the very beginning, I mean, there's all sorts of circumstantial things related to this. Now, but I hear your point. Clearly, the results have been they have the highest winning percentage when, when Schwerber leads off. Let me, let me just tell you where I'm at. Open-minded, but where I'm at. Trey Turner should be the leadoff hitter. And, and I lean Turner for a few different reasons. First off, I think he's, well, just, a be- he's just a better player. I, so, I swear I thought you were going to go in a different direction. No, like Trey I, Turner. What? Okay. So, he, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. So, Trey Turner should, I'd be shocked if he doesn't have a higher on-base percentage than Kyle Schwarber. And Kyle Schwarber, we all know what he is. He's going to hit 210. He's going to walk a million times. He's going to come out to about a 330 on-base percentage or thereabout. Like, I want a higher on-base percentage to lead off. That's number one. I want, I want speed at the top of the lineup. That's clearly, obviously, favors Turner. You still have power. It, it's not like... For, to whatever extent Rob Thompson values power up front, it's not like Trey Turner is, you know, Steve Jeltz. I mean, he should hit you 30 or 35 home runs. So you still you still check that box. And here's the other thing. You bat the better player earlier, which means you bat the better player more often. Now, what I don't like about this scenario is I think it leads to the likelihood of Bryce Harper batting four instead of three because I'd go Trey, Stott, Boehm, or JT, and then Harper 4. I'm mixing the righties and lefties, obviously, as you can see. But I will also tell you this. Believe it or not, I'm even open-minded, and I'd have a conversation if I'm Rob Thompson with Bryce. Yo, dude, you want to bat two? I mean, there's something to be said for just batting the players that are your best players the most. And if the Phils come out of the gate with Trey Turner 1, Bryce Harper 2, I got my two best haters batting the most. I mean, that might be an extra 50 at-bats a season compared to Kyle Schwarber. That might get you four or five extra wins. Look, I want to hear from everyone at 215-592-9494. How Man, you imagine the speed that you'd have all those extra times if you had Bryson Stott and then Trey Turner leading off. Well, then you there's know, an argument for uh, – Imagine are, that. Where, where, that is a lot of speed. Where are you, John, on how to configure this thing? Uh, Bryson Stott makes sense to me. Lead off uh, – look, I, I liked – uh, I was so close to convinced on Kyle Schwarber uh, at points last season. 
it doesn't it, it doesn't for the long haul. Like I, I think it can be magical for little blurps here and there. And it has been. And like you said, circumstantially, it looks it looks like it's the reason, you know, that, that, that Schwerber leading off is the reason for the success. I think other reasons contribute to success and we are misassigning some of that. But Bryson Stott, classically speaking, makes sense as your leadoff guy. You got speed. At the leadoff guy, and and I know what I'm getting with Bryson Stott. It's his third year coming up. I know he's got a great eye. I've watched him hone that eye, and and, and I've watched. I, I'm positive this is a young man. If, if you tell him, hey, listen, Bryson, we need you to get up there. We need we we're, we're thinking on base. We're thinking get some hits. You know, like that. That's the plan. You need to get on. You need to use your speed. You need to score runs. I think he's great in those capacities if asked to do that I hate the argument hey you know Schwarber he's done it look at the numbers you you can't argue that what about you what about once this happens and our young fast leadoff Bryson Stott gets a few I don't know weeks months under his belt as the leadoff guy we have success as a team it does feel different when you've got speed out there I wish he was a lead John he does putting the bat on on the ball. He, yeah, he I is. know that about him. Yeah. Now he can convert it to being the leadoff guy to actually use that and use his speed. Think how reassuring it is when we have speed on the base paths. Uh, I I love that. We can utilize that more. Kyle Schwarber, we know how it feels when he gets on. We're not going to utilize any speed. Yeah. We know that Bryson Stott is going to eat up pitches too. We that that's a beautiful thing. You're going to tire out these these pitchers early with Bryson leading up. We know he's masterful. Um, your your base percentage thing. Yeah, you you and his hit. We got to have a high base percentage. Stotts on base percentage last season was three twenty nine, and uh, Trey Turner was three twenty. Mm-hmm. Trey Turner, you know, he had a, well, a down he's, season. He's stunk for four Let's months. not expect yeah. that that's always the the norm. Right, but it's close. And Bryson Stott, as I said, if given this assignment, I guarantee he'll get better. He's 26 years old. He's not even physically as strong as he will be when he's 27, when he's 28. I can speak from personal experience. You are a better athlete when you're 27 or 28 years old. It's just the way it is. It's, it's, It's like a man strength thing. He doesn't even have that yet. Imagine how great he'll be. Look, he's going to get better. Imagine how nice it'll fit I get when that. you have a lefty leading off that'll fit with Bryce as a lefty in, in cleanup. Yeah, yeah, batting well, third. Look, here, here's the deal. I want to hear from everyone at 215-592-9494. There's a lot of good arguments for all these guys. There's, there's various arguments against them. For me, the argument against Stott is I just don't think he's high enough on base percentage guy. I get John's point. He was higher than Trey last year, but let's hope – to God that that was an aberration with Trey. I mean, he stunk for four months last year. Seltzer, you've been pretty steadfast on the Schwarber thing. Are you moved at all by what either of us have said? No. Look, I think you may have to make good points. I think make... Why do we even talk? I think why, why even show up? I think you make what? good points. And My look, God. I think, I think the, the, the freaking disrespect. The part there. of this conversation is the Phillies do have three good options. Like, I do think that in a, you know, there is a world where any of those three guys could be good leadoff hitters for any team. But Schwarber, they just win, man. Like, the numbers are ridiculous. They are a 571 percentage, winning percentage with Schwarber. When he's been here, 484 without him in the leadoff spot. That's a 92-win pace when he's leading off, a 77-win pace 
when they're uh, when he's not. It's over 300 baseball games, 330 it's baseball a games. It's a, it's a lot of baseball it games. Is. That's a, a pretty big sample size. You mentioned before the Turner on base percentage way higher than Schwarber. It's actually not. Career-wise, uh, Turner's a 349 on base percentage. Schwarber's 340. That's mm-hmm. basically the same. Two of the last three years, Schwarber's actually had an IR on base percentage than Trey Turner. Like, they just win, man. And then one last thing about it, too, and I know you guys kind of, a lot of people can kind of be like, eh, it, they're humans, man. Kyle Schwerber uh, likes leading. It matters, but it matters. Go. You're going to get the best version of Kyle Schwerber leading off. Like, uh, you, you make no, fun I, of that, I, but I it know. does matter. I, I like, it matters you. where people are comfortable, where they want to be, what they do. And it just seems to work when this guy leads off. James, are you? I think you'll feel. But, but hold on, though. Like, like on this idea, don't you think he'll feel comfortable if 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 we are we're feeling comfortable no, too? No, that's I, not the way it works. No, he on, likes he to lead off, dude. No, no, like, come on, man. James, James let me ask you a question. If these complaints go away no, about no, him no. leading off all no. the time. There's some added level of sports don't work that way. James, let me ask you a question. Are you moved at all by me saying Turner and Harper? Yeah, like so the, if you, I were your two best players, bat them the most. If I were gonna bat Turner leadoff, I would bat Harper second, and I do think there. I wouldn't want Harper in the leadoff hole, though. I do think you can make an argument just right. get him as many at bats as possible yep. over the season. But I, I like Harper in the tool. I, I, if I were not going Schwarber, I would probably go Turner one, Harper two. Here, here, but I prefer Harper in the three hole, and that's why I like it, especially because of the Schwarber thing. It's a homer, then Turner's just leading off the game uh, with the Harper bat next. So. Here, here's the other thing I'll say about if you go Turner Harper. There is an argument to be said for bat a better player nine and a lesser player eight. I mean, you know, th- this is a new thing with the DH in yeah. the National League. And if you wanted to, you could take like, let's just say Rojas is their worst starter. He probably is. You could bat him seven or eight instead of eight or nine and have a, a better hitter preceding Trey Turner and Bryce Harper to get ducks on the pond for when Trey Turner and Bryce Harper come up. I mean, there there is something to be said for that. I mean, let, let's face this reality. There's definitely something to be said for getting your best players the most at-bats. There just is. There just is. I mean, when Mark McGuire was doing Mark McGuire things, Tony LaRusso used to bat him second. And this was in a time when that type of guy would always bat third or fourth. He's like, I just want him to bat more than the other guys. He's going to just more at-bats, more home runs, more at-bats, more everything. So – I mean, toward the, end of, toward the end of last year, there, there, were, there were segments of the season where the back end of our, our lineup was the one that the, the part that was doing well, damage. there were. And that was, the, you know, the young yeah. guys. And we yeah. did get a feel for what that was like. It was almost like there were, there were two separate platoons. It was, it was, it was helping. So, so, look, here's the deal. Candidly, I, I'm not certain that there is an answer. I mean, I don't think there is an answer. I think there are three different answers. You, you got to pick one. Rob Thompson ultimately has to pick one. And we'll ask you at 215-592-9494, if you're the Phil Skipper, which one are you picking? And I think you gotta I think you gotta pick one that you haven't picked in the past, and that makes it hard. Well, you don't, well, have, I don't have to. Why do you have to pick one that you have to pick no, in the past? You, you pick Kyle Schwarber. You pick Schwarber, and I think you got to change that pick. You don't have to. This you don't. Year, no, you as don't have soon to. as Bryson Stott leads off for a month and a half, and you feel good about it, you don't have to do that. All right, today's, the new today's show. Today's show sponsored by Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, the only app I use. Join me, and you're in the zone. New users get up to one thousand dollar casino bonus. Back if you're not the, a winner in your first 24 hours. You must be 21 in pay, PA or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLE. All right, which dude should lead off? You tell us. Joe to Cameron Generation. Cool prize on the way today. We'll get to that. And the Eagles uh, poll, whole NFL, really fascinating stuff there. 
All of it. Joe to Cameron, John Ritchie. It's 94. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Well, it's a big decision for Rob Thompson to make. And it's got a lot of aspects to it. Who bats in front of one? Who bats behind one? Who bats in front of uh, Harper, no matter where he is, and behind him? Let's remember, in the playoffs last year, who batted behind Harper in the end turned into an unmitigated disaster. And I mean that as no disrespect to Alec Bohm, who gave the Phillies a pretty solid season. But at the end of the playoffs, he was killing them. Until game seven, yeah. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, and you could see his frustration, and you knew it was related to, well, not only is he not hitting, but he's not hitting behind one of the best players on baseball who kept getting on, in in part because they started pitching around him because then they thought, well, let's attack the guy behind Bryce. All right, let's go to the phones. Where do you stand on this? 215-592-9494. Pete kicks us off this morning. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. What's up, Pete? Well, here's 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 my take. Actually, I... First, let me just say, I don't know why we keep talking about this every day. Two, well, I don't think, I don't think we, we're talking. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, every, every day, every day. If the Phillies lose, we talk about how lead off, lead off, lead off. Let's just look. Rob Thompson handle the lineup. Personally, I like Schwarber there. He leads off once a game. How often is he going to lead off? Well, doesn't well, matter where he is. He's going to lead off once a game at a minimum. And then you put him fifth, he might be leading off an inning then. Are we going to say, oh, we shouldn't hit fifth because he's going to lead off in the second inning? Well, a couple of things. First, hold on, hold on. A couple, couple, couple things. First off, we don't talk about it every day, but we talk about it a lot, clearly. Uh, secondly, they made a number of adjustments last year to it because at various points, different things weren't working. I mean, all three of these guys got a shot last year, and a couple of them got multiple shots at it. So th- this, is, this is an important decision for the Phillies to try to drill down on. It is, I think, a fascinating conversation as it relates to old-school baseball versus new-school baseball. We got a lot of people, obviously, that enjoyed the, the engagement of of trying to figure out, you know, how to how to um, configure this whole thing. So, you know, I don't think it's a, a small decision. I mean, in the end, they lost last year because they stopped hitting. Now, is it because the leadoff hitters stopped hitting? Not necessarily. A whole bunch of guys stopped hitting at the very end, but it's an important decision for the organization to decide upon. Disagree with that point, but my but the thing is too, Schwarber is more comfortable leading off, obviously. 
I and I'm an old school guy. I would love to see me. I would love to see Bryson Stott hitting first, Trey second, Harper third. I think that would be a phenomenal top three, in that order. But we had we did get far into the postseason. We're yeah. sure we're leading off. Of course, of course. But I'll say, so, but I'll say this, Pete. They twice. also got twice. But they also got. I would contend the number one reason they got far into the postseason two years in a row was the excellence of Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, which fundamentally have nothing to do with who leads off. Nothing, and, nothing to do. I mean, but let, let, I'll give you, let me put it this way. This is where things can be circumstantial. This is a fact, and Pete, if you're old enough, you'll remember this. The Phillies played their best baseball in 1993, their best. Oh, I'm when, old when, enough to remember that. I, okay. I was, when, I, when, Juan, when Juan Bell was the shortstop, they were at their best. I mean, they started off 45 and 17. They were like almost 30 games above 500, 60 something games in the year. It was ridiculous. Juan Bell was the shortstop. He stunk. Now they got rid of Juan Bell. They brought in Kevin Stocker. They didn't play as well as the team. wasn't Doesn't mean it was Kevin Stocker's fault. So, Stocker played well. He yeah. played very well. Yeah. Got a 323. My point is sometimes results and how you get there, there can be circumstantial aspects. I will always contend the number one reason why they succeeded in the postseason two years in a row. For, to a large extent, you know, for three weeks, not four weeks, but for three weeks, was because of the excellence of the pitching. So, you know, you, you got to figure this stuff out. Let's get to Kurt Marlton right now. What's going on, Kurt? Hey, good morning. What's up, um, Kurt? You know, the fact that the, the Phillies are more are very successful with Schwarber at the top, that's inarguable. There's no question about it. The problem is, and this is dynamic that a lot of people don't talk about because the Phillies lineup is a little bit weird. They've been together a long time, most of them. You know what a murmuration is when all the birds fly in synchronization in the sky, and you're like, wow, that's pretty wild? The Phillies are very similar in that when one guy starts getting overly aggressive and frustrated, the the entire lineup starts seeing far fewer pitches. This leads inevitably to slumps. They slump when they get impatient because they have some patient hitters. You can see it in the numbers. When they lose, when they go into a slump offensively, they're not seeing nearly as many pitches per at-bat. And I think the, I don't think the Phillies have the luxury of a, pl- a plug-and-play and set-it-forget-it lineup. If you want to put uh, Schwarber up top, that's fine when it's working. But if it's not, you have to be willing to make an adjustment and change the philosophy and incorporate a little bit of small ball with some speed at the top focus on getting seeing those pitches try to get back on track and then you can always go back yeah well Kurt, Kurt, let me let me say something line. let me say something to that point so one thing i think about last year that i think rob thompson gets uh hit a lot from from fans and talk show host media people for being too stringent and at times he is other times he's not like i would tell you this man i think a lot of people might forget how much he changed the lineup last year I mean, there were times Boehm hit seventh. There were times Boehm hit third. There was times Schwerber let off. There was times Turner let off. There was times Stott let off. I mean, the season began with Trey Turner leading off. That was the idea going into the year. Hey, we signed Trey Turner. He's great. He's a top 15 player in baseball. Let's have, you know, him lead off. And then you know what he did? He stunk. It didn't work. And then they right. went to Schwerber, and then he stunk. And then they went to Stott, and then he struggled. And then it was yeah. like, all right, we got to try again. And then ult- – so my point is, I think – Rob Thompson does change things up more than people perceive. He does. You're right. He does. The problem is he doesn't stick with it long enough. When he makes a change, it's for a couple games, and that's you're not. That's not going to get you out of a slump. You need to kind of hit the reset button to the point that they're starting to see the pitches again, 
And you've got to have that option to play small ball at the top of your lineup to try to overcome that slump that you're in because well, as I, a team, I, you're I, not seeing pitches. Look, I agree with that. That I mean, part of my – I, I like to think, and I could be wrong, I like to think, if you had one of the two faster guys leading off, that if all the other bats struggled, I mean, granted, if all they struggled at the same time, you're not going to score much. But, like, if you run into some struggle, I like to think Turner or Stott can help you just eke out grind, a run. That grind can just, it out. Just yeah, get hey, something just going. Just manage, get the bat on the I ball. Know. See, I, I feel so confident that Bryson Stott can give us that. Like, in a pinch, come on, Bryson, just Get the bat on that thing and, and get on. And then he'll get on, and then he'll be smart, and we know he's fast, and, and he'll make good decisions. It, it just makes me feel confident and comfortable that we'll be able to score at a greater clip this season and moving forward. We Yeah, we might have to withstand some of the growing pains initially, but, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. It seems well, like ab- we withstand them every other early yeah. season. His, uh, ability, last to, couple his years. ability to fell off balls is Oh, man. It's incredible. And, and we know about the two-strike hitting. Yeah. He's been at the top of the league. The guy's clutch. He's what you need. He's young. 26 years yeah. old. Not even at his physical prime yet. It, Bryson Stott is the right move here. Just allow it to evolve into the right move. Hey, it's when, not going to happen immediately. When you call in today, you've got a shot to win a pair of tickets. This is a cool prize to see Santana and Counting Crows at the Freedom Mortgage Pavilion on June 21st. Tickets on sale, by the way, at Ticketmaster.com. We're also giving away a pair of tickets here today, again, in addition to who should lead off for the, for the fills and everything we'll get into with the other uh, clubs as well. Uh, here's the deal. Happy uh, Leap Year Day to you. And in honor of Leap Year, we'll ask you this very simple question. Who or what took a leap? Leap of faith? Physical leap? What, it might be a company. might be a player. Best answer by the end of the show for who or what took a leap. Whoever provides that best answer is going to win the pair of tickets to see Counting Crows and Santana. Seltzer, excuse me, uh, Richie, when you think of a leap, right? what comes to mind for you? Well, the bungee jump, that leap comes yeah. to mind for me. Uh, when I first saw that, the leap that I took immediately was, I can never do this. <laughs> this will never happen. Good spin. I did not life. see that coming. Like, I, I, I'm not, like, I'm not totally against the heights thing. Like, I'm okay with that. But jumping off, uh, like, it, a over, bridge or something over, over this parking canyon. lot or yeah. a bridge. With my legs tied together, <laughs> head yeah. down, face first, it just doesn't feel right. Well, it's it's a great answer. It's an incredible thing. So you're not really saying like a, a who. You're my just saying all, all the people. I will never bungee jump <laughs> when the, I saw a bungee jump. All the people that do the bungee jump. Seltzer, who takes a leap? What takes? What do you got here? Homer Simpson took a leap over the Springfield Gorge, one of the most famous Simpson episodes of all time. Don't know it. <laughs> I know you don't. Uh, you yeah, guys should watch the freaking Simpsons. Uh, There's yeah. a reason it's been on for 35 years or whatever. You know what makes me sick? Can I tell you something? Sure. The Simpsons will outlive me. Yes. Like, they Maybe. will. No, they will. I'm 45. Well, I mean, I'm a man. I'm, I'm a man, and I'm 45. You know, there's, I mean, I'm a man. I'm 45 will always love 45 you. 45 will always love you. Get I, here's the thing. Like, the guys who do the voices yeah. and all, at a certain point, guys and girls who no, do the voices. They'll hire a Conklin. I don't know, man. They'll hire a Conklin and impersonate the maybe. person. I'm just telling you. All right, Rhea, give me an answer. Who or what took a leap? Tyrese Maxey from year one yeah. to year two. I mean, he sure. averaged like eight points a game, That's went great. up to 17. Um, you know, it, it just – 
we began to see what we could get. Now, I mean, he's averaging. I didn't realize. So you go from eight points his first year per game. It's almost a 26 per game. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. That's, and listen, that's a great answer. There's going to be a lot of answers in the world of sports. There's going to be a lot of answers outside the world of sports. I mean, I'll tell you this. Coke took a leap when they said, let's do new Coke. Didn't work. It took a leap of faith that it would work and that the American public would take to it. Ah, it worked ah. for me. Yeah, well, not for the American public at, at large. I know. And I that, thought it was good. Discontinued. I liked New Coke a lot. <laughs> and then I liked Clear Pepsi. I liked all the stuff. Oh, that my they tried. God. So, look, companies take Open certain your leaps. mind. Well, give us a great answer for who or what. By the way, I've got two things written down. I won't say either, at least for a while. Two answers that I think could be winning answers for today for who took a leap. But we'll see if you can arrive at that or other great answers at 215-592-9494. So, hold on. Yeah. What did you dislike about the new Coke? I don't even remember. Oh, you don't. I was like okay. seven years old, man. <laughs> I, have, I have no wow. clue. I don't know if I even tried it. I think it got a bad rap. And I, I think mean, it still gets a bad maybe rap. Maybe it did. As soon as it, it's, it, new Coke is brought up, everyone immediately reacts, oh, no, it was awful, it was awful. What Fair was enough. the difference it between the delicious. two? It was delicious. It was sweeter. Oh. I, for one, I prefer like a little flatter soda, which I know sounds weird. That does sound it, weird. It was just like a milder, sweeter Coca-Cola, which was nice. It had a place. And, and all it gets is bashed. It does get bashed. All right. Well, if anyone remembers New Coke and can give us an answer, what did it actually taste like, let us know. Uh, all these topics, plus the survey of NFL players as it relates to the Eagles and other teams, that's up ahead and more. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie on 94 WIP. When I moved, I needed a lawn care service. I wanted results and safety for my family. I chose Natural Lawn of America just like I had previously. Natural Lawn of America has been creating green lawns quickly, more That's right, Santana tickets on the line today. Man, he's been around a long time. Carlos Santana, your chance to uh, weigh in on all the topics we're discussing today. Of course, you can win the Santana. Not the former thing. Philly going to see oh a concert, right? I mean, that you know, guy. Just bash TVs yes. in front of the audience. <laughs> oh, that guy. Holy I mackerel. That. That, was, that was something. All right, Jenna Cameron, John Rich, it's 94 WIP. We have today's Twitter poll question of the day. Sponsored by Armand Chevrolet, routine maintenance major repairs. Armand Chevrolet service team is there to help. Certified service, visit ArmandChevy.com. All right, there are a couple points up in the standings with 22 games to go in the season, and we will ask you this poll question. Will the Flyers make the playoffs this season? A yes, B no. You can vote at Sports Radio at WIP on Twitter. You can also certainly weigh in on the phone lines at 215-592-9494. Let's go to Patrick. He's calling from Tabernacle. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, everybody. How we doing? Doing well, Patrick. So, yeah. yeah, listen, man, I'm so happy to hear you guys talking about the Phillies and the caller earlier suggested that we do not. I mean, we have not talked Phils. It's all Eagles here. So I'm very, very excited. And, um, you know, the, the, the lineup – I mean, it's it's for me. It's start. It's a very. It's hard to. It's first of all, it's hard picking a lineup. It it, it really is. Um, one thing I'm, I'm thinking about with the Phillies, though. Um, you know, I want Stott. I want Stott and Turner one two, 
and we can go back to two one to see or you know switch them. Um, but I'm I'm betting on Stott growing this year. I oh, mean, for I sure. Yeah, he'll be, he should be better. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. I agree with that. I mean, the 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 pitch count is is probably my biggest factor. I mean, I definitely like a guy uh, taking a lot of pitches. Um, I just wish he walked more, Patrick. He's got an unusual knack yeah, you're, you're, for having long at bats and not walking often. It's a strange dichotomy. Yeah, yeah you're right. But also the the, the the strange you know strange dichotomy is our our plate discipline generally. You know, and and the one guy said it earlier, like you know, Castellanos is not the, you know, not, not a guy that's gonna, you know, take pitches and 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 work account and stuff. Um, <laughs> but there seems to be it, it it just seems to be contagious. All of a sudden, we're just whacking. Take take one two pitches and whack. And like, you got to work the count, man. You got to take yeah. pitches. And um, I just don't see as, collectively as a as as a team. I mean, look. Joe, you said it. Our bats went real cold yep. last two seasons. All of a sudden, just boom, we're done. Yep. And I think that's tied into plate discipline. You know, choke up on a bat a little bit, like Schwarber. You know, like take a little bit off. You know, you know, swinging for the for the fence seems to be you know in today's game. You know, it's it, it, it's a lot different. It is a lot. It is a lot different. That's uh, exactly uh, right. Again, you know, you know, tell how many major leaguers actually choke up on the plate. And real quick too, I was geeking out the other day. Tony Gwynn had a lifetime career batting average of 341 against Cy Young winners. And watching him at the plate, I know. he was he was a surgeon. And just to put, it's a fundamental thing in baseball I still don't understand, is you put the bat on the ball. Make contact. Yeah, the one, and, Patrick, the one thing I'll say, and I mean this as no disrespect to Tony Gwynn, who I adored as a baseball player, but it's a hard, th- I mean, this is, in, to credit to him, it's a hard thing to do. And by the way, pitchers are pitching faster now than they ever Way did. Way faster. And the relievers yeah. are so, – every reliever Special is better true. than anyone. Yeah. Like in ter- They're all throwing 100 miles an hour, you know? Yeah. I mean, Patrick, that's <laughs> – That's not happening. Yeah, that's hard, <laughs> man. All right, give, yeah. But, look, I would, lo- I would really love to see a Gwynn, an Ichiro, um, a, a, um, a George Boggs. Brett, a Wade Boggs, a Rod Carew. Yeah. Like, what would it look yeah. like in this day and age? And and how high, you know, would someone get in this day and age with that kind of approach? I don't know. Well, you know, maybe someday we'll Interesting. see. Patrick, right. give me an answer. Who or what took uh, a leap? Real quick, and the explanation, it's a wood duck. When a baby wood duck, when they're born, they have to jump out of the tree with no flight. That's the equivalent of us jumping. When they jump out of – when they jump – 50 feet out of a tree. Wow. That's the equivalent of, of us jumping 300 feet out of a tree, okay. if you do the algebra. Wow. And they do that? They do that. They nest in a, in a tree way up high, Joe. Okay. And when before their wings can fly, because they don't have their flight feathers, they have down, you know, so they jump out of the tree and they can't fly. Wow. And they just crash to the floor, and that's it. You, you live, you go to the pond with mom. You don't live, well, you don't live. Wow. All right. That's a, quite an and, answer. And do a lot of them live just because they're so light and so it doesn't smash them up when they hit the well, ground? Well, my guess, evolutionarily speaking, they wouldn't continue to do it forever if their entire population kept dying out, right? You know. So what's the reason that <laughs> but they how do survive? You know? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm just guessing <laughs> you know, based on evolution. Maybe it's based that. on soft leaves versus you know a stick down there. Maybe it says uh, they bounce, John. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
That's a strong answer out of the gate. Evolved to bounce. For who or what takes the leap. I mean, I'll tell you, that, that's got winning potential for sure today. That's good stuff. Today's show is sponsored by Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, the only app I use. Join me and you're in the zone. New users get up to $1,000 casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. You must be 21 in PA or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so an interesting uh, survey that was made public by the NFL Players Association yesterday, and this is a good thing for them to do as an NFLPA to try to hold organizations accountable to, you know, run their shop efficiently and effectively. And um, so all the teams in the NFL were graded uh, this season by their own players. So just to be clear, it's not like the Eagles are voting on the Jets and the Jets are voting on the Eagles. Eagles are voting on Eagles stuff. Jets are voting on Jets stuff. Chiefs are voting on Chiefs stuff. And so obviously they're asked in a survey for people to participate. And 77% of NFL players did participate in the survey. And the reality is the Eagles came out looking real good from it, finishing with all the stuff taken into account of all the votes across all the teams and all the players. The Eagles finished fourth in this survey, you know, with essentially compliments, if you will, from the players about the way the organization is run. Now, as Rhea has pointed out in the update, it is certainly important before we go any further to say that the survey was conducted between the months of August and November. Obviously, the Eagles were kicking ass. Yeah, November sixteenth. I think they were either eight and one or nine and one at that point. Yeah, so I everything mean, was this good. is massively important. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yes. This whole survey yeah. should be tossed out the window. Well, I can't if do it's that. It's about the players' perception and and the way they feel about the organization and and the way the organization's treating them. How they how they how you love and work. Well, like, some stuff's look, not going to change. Cafeteria ain't going to change okay, from you're November right, you're right. to January. No, it, the cafeteria won't change, no. but you know what will change? The way someone feels about the cafeteria if they're having a bad day at work. <laughs> nah, otherwise, it's how they feel about Syria. I'm telling you, man, change. this is this is a world of difference. This completely invalidates the, <laughs> the, the entire poll. Well, I don't agree with you, but I Come think on, middle no, of you can't November, say completely. You can't say completely. It, it invalidates a bit. Yeah, you can't you're say right, completely. You're right, you're right, yeah, like right. one thing Zach Berman pointed out is, is so the Eagles had gotten really poor marks the year before for travel. Um, because the players felt they were cramped. They were in the back. The staff was up front in first mm-hmm. class. So they this year they began to use two planes. So they said yeah. that they they, uh, they heard their concerns and they improved it. No, that's good stuff. So- well, and you see some of the stuff that other franchises have done. I mean, like the, the Bengals are making players, they don't give them three meals a day. Yeah. Like the Chargers are making players pay for child care. Like there's all this stuff where there's a lot of organizations that are well, run very poorly. All right, so let me give you the grades here. And, of course, you can – React to it at 215-592-9494. So we'll go from best grades to worst grades for the, it's roughly, I don't know, 10 or 11 categories here that they had. So hey, here's, I, I just want to say something. To Jimmy's point, like talking about stuff like that, like taking care of the guys yep. behind the scenes and things, that is so true that that is not invalidated by the, you know, the yep. way the guys feel about the way the season went. That was, that, that's different. Yeah. You know, this, this organization does care for the players, and they do a great job of making that clear to the guys. So, so they do feel John Rich and welcome. Former Eagles player. Yes. Still, yes, collecting, totally. a, still collecting a pension. Where has that pension started yet? When does that pension no. kick in? No, he didn't get one. Did, or did you get that? He played seven years. You better have a pension. Yeah. Right, but isn't it 10 where it like fully vests or whatever? <laughs> no. Uh, that stuff, I can start accessing it. Oh, okay. So it's up in the future. I can also leave it oh, and yeah. let it roll oh, over. Oh, fair and enough. Stuff. 
I okay. think you know dip, there are different levels, like <laughs> everything else. Well, Landetta's got forty-five. Landetta, fifty-five. What's that? Yeah, Landetta played twenty-five. Well, years. Well, it's ten years is when it like fully <laughs> vests, right? Or is that baseball that it fully vests? I don't know. I think it's baseball. My football, fault. It's baseball. It All right. So here's the here's here's the the way uh, the Eagles players voted on the Eagles. I'll start from best uh, grades to worst. All right. So uh, Jeffrey Lurie, owner, A. Head coach Nick Sirianni, A. Now again. You know, August or November. So, yeah. we, as John's pointed out, that's one that is a little fishy. No, for sure, that's the most fishy because if it was December and January, <laughs> maybe different. It certainly might oh, make yeah. a difference. All right, food and cafeteria A. All right, that here, would never change. Here are your A minuses: the weight room, and the training staff, and the strength coaches all get A minuses. So, so excellent grades right there. All right, B plus for the uh, training room. Oh, excuse me, weight room A minus, training room B plus. Um, you're going to get a B for nutritionist and dietitian. You're going to get a B minus for locker room. So you got weight room, training room, and locker room. Wow. So, so how many rooms do these Starting guys to need? Get fed Too up many. With the locker room. Too many. Sounds like. Well, we got around here. We're like a little cubicle. We're like we got nothing. Uh, we have the Xfinity Lounge. We which do. Is awesome. We do have Come the Xfinity Lounge. Give us that. You I'm know. Just joking. We have a beautiful facility. Hey, is our locker room now <laughs> considered like tainted in its oldness? Because it has been there. Our it being the Eagles? New, that, yeah. yeah. The, the, that, would be, that would be their locker room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The NovaCare facility that I worked in right. myself. Right. Um, yeah, well, maybe it's 20 years old now, and, and maybe, yeah, maybe it's a, it needs renovation. It is it's a little refreshing. It was, it was when I first got here as a player, it was brand new, and that was the locker room that Can was I just, being used. Now that's B-. minus. B- is yeah. still pretty good. You know when it's it was? Pretty good. I don't know. I don't, I, not, name the moments. Name above the moments. That it was a triple plus. There is a singular moment, and it's not when the Eagles won an NFC Championship game. The two times they won an NFC Championship game, returned to the locker room and celebrated. We're headed to the Super Bowl. What was a triple plus? A triple plus was one moment in time. One when they had all those the Super Bowl moment. celebration stuff in there before nope. Malcolm Jenkins said, "Take it out." Nope. Well, when Hugh Douglas fought T.O. Nope. When Jeffrey Lurie was dancing with the team. Ooh, it's, in t- it's in 2004. Come on. Come on. Uh, oh, Sylvester Stallone? Nope. Nicolette <laughs> Sheridan <laughs> oh drops God. the towel <laughs> and reveals Nicolette Sheridan things. I knew T.O. was involved. T.O. was involved. All right. So here we go. Uh, B for uh, nutritionist dietitian. B minus, as I said, for locker room. And then you get a C for team travel and a C for treatment of families. They, the, the Eagles are one of 11 teams that do not provide free on-site daycare to players' families on game day. So that's why they got a C. Free on-site? On, yeah, on-site daycare to players' families. Oh, so that there's surprises a room, me. There's a room for child care, but each player must provide their own child care. Meaning cost. But, yeah, or yes. bring the person? I guess or bring the person. Yeah. Oh, that's strange. That is yeah. strange. I don't like that. I, I don't surprised. either. I was surprised by that. Because if the wife or the girlfriend wants to come to the game, totally. and, and coming to the game requires bringing the four-year-old, but you don't want the four-year-old to be in the stands. And then as the wife and girlfriend come together, it's another whole oh, sort of well, that's, that's a whole other matter. So, oh. yeah, I don't like that. That, that's, that surprises me. Um, yeah. So, look, obviously the Eagles grayed out good. Now, before we go any further, we got to put this out there. The Chiefs. Finished 31st. Yeah, and their owner got an F minus. <laughs> yeah. A literal F minus. The Super Bowl, back to back Super Bowl winning owner got an F minus. So this is Why? one of them. I don't know. What? We don't know. What they are just they, put out the grades. What are they hoping I don't to know. have changed? But obviously, I don't think they like their facilities. They're ticked at something. So look, make of it what you will. Eagles finished fourth, 
Chiefs finished 31st. Uh, what Bob do- Kraft, a six-time to- six winning owner, was got a D-plus or whatever. Wow. Well, you know what that could be for? Keeping Belichick while they no, voted Belichick got a B-minus. Bel- okay. They liked Belichick a lot more than they liked Kraft. The whole facility, like the, the Patriots got crushed in this in a lot of okay. stuff. Okay, so. all right. So what do you make of it? A lot? Little? Players liked Belichick. That's huge. More than Kraft is the point. Well, B-minus I mean, isn't a great grade. Okay, no, but it, right. they liked but him it more than Kraft, definitively. Average. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's a lot there. He's not an easy coach to play for. Like, he's not making sure guys have that's, fun. That's correct. He's yelling at everybody, yet he's still yeah. being graded above average. Guys value a coach who's smart, who can put them in position to win. Guys value the the brilliant schemers. It well, really does matter. What do you make of this? Hit us up, 215-592-9494. By the way, the Diddy, Ray Dittinger in studio with us, coming up in about 15 minutes. Let's go to Dennis. He's calling from Springfield. Hi, Dennis. Hey, good morning, all. How are we today? Doing great, Dennis. Uh, uh, a Schwerber a point and a, an Eagles point, if, if I could. Sure. The, 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 the pro uh, Kyle Schwerber batting leadoff people, one of their things is it's great to lead off the game with a home run. Uh, psychologically, it does a lot of harm to the other team to have that guy put that team in a hole right away. Yeah, if, if, that. if that's the case... Why don't other teams do it? They do. Well, Some do. Aaron Judge leadoff. Yeah, he did for a little while actually. Oh, yes, okay. and they had Anthony Rizzo lead off. The Yankees have been pretty big on the the big guy. They've done it a lot. And Dennis, to be fair, this is something that has happened more historically in the American League, where there was a DH for the last whatever fifty years. So you know, remember this is sort of new to the National League because a one hole hitter following a pitcher, but a one-hole hitter with power would, would have been stupid three years ago. Stupid. Now, 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 would those teams have done it because they didn't have guys like Turner or Stott Maybe. to lead off? Maybe. I don't know. You know? And and if, as far as the Eagles go, and this this has been getting at me ever, ever since the, the season ended, and now all this stuff coming out about culture and everything, I think it's time for the benefit of the defense. You got a new coordinator – and you got a lot of young guys. Uh, as much as I like them, and as much as they've done for us, we got to say goodbye to, to Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. Brandon Graham definitely Cox eighty percent because we got to let these young defensive players take over. It de- and I, think I, it, I think it depends, Dennis, on how willing the players are to have their salary go down, down, down. Down. Have, have their salary go down. Well, let, let's just say you got Brandon Graham on a veteran minimum. Are you saying Brandon Graham on a veteran minimum, you'd say you don't want him back? I don't I, want him back, I would because, take him back. I, because as long as them two guys are there, it seems like the, the media goes to them. They're, they're the leaders. They're, and, uh, and I think these other and I think these other guys are looking sideways at each other saying, we, we got to follow these guys again. We got to listen to these guys again. I, I want to take over. I want to be. And as long as them two guys are there, I think it, it kind of stifles them a little bit. Well, it depends on whether the other guys. Coaches are, should know. Yeah, and do the other guys have it in their bag to take over? Like, like let me give you a for instance. Uh, Jordan Davis, is he takeover locker room leader guy? I don't know. I know as a player he hasn't been very effective. Byard was supposed to be leader guy coming in as old guy, but he stunk mm-hmm. as a player, yep. so how are you going to follow that guy? Like, you got to have leaders to turn it over. Look, you, Dennis, they have to play well, too, to your point. You like, you can't have someone who plays poorly be a leader. People aren't just going to follow that guy. Right. But, Dennis, you do bring up an intriguing concept. Should the Eagles – this was the Bobby Abreu thing years ago. When, when Pat Gillick traded – Abreu, even though he was obviously one of their better players for sure, 
part of the argument was let's make sure Jimmy, Chase, and Ryan know, hey, Jimmy, Chase, and Ryan, it's your team now. So go seize every opportunity as the leaders, as the best players, as the middle of the whole hitters. Like, go be the guys. I mean, and the thing is, we all made a big hullabaloo about having all these Georgia players. Tell them this is now your defense. You got a brand new co- you got a brand new coordinator. Yeah. It's Problem is, they got- might not be that good. Uh, that's that's the chance you take, but yeah. you know. From Dennis, saw, get, you give know, me who or what took a leap. All right, I'm going to give uh, like with uh, like the Lemson and the solidarity moment wow. and movement over in Poland. How about that? That's quite an answer because that was very risky what he was doing all those years ago. And, uh, you know, he basically stared down the Soviet Union and won. By the way, his son took a cigarette and put it in my buddy's uh, forearm one time at a bar. What? Well, another no matter. way. What? <laughs> yes. what? Let me text my boy. Let me text Mark. Well, me te- like Terminator style where he sticks the cigar right in Arnold's chest? All right, let me text Mark Fleming from the 1996 uh, St. Joe's prep class. Uh, Flem. All right, tell me. That is a tough nickname, Flem. <laughs> That's, That's really funny. All right, tell me about. What year was this when it was e- extinguished on his arm? I think he was in, in either college or the early 2000s. You know, you're just out drinking when you're young-ish. And, I mean, this is what he told me. I mean, I wasn't there. I didn't see it. But he told me Lech Valenza's son stuck a cigarette in his in his forearm. Uh, you know, he had drunk at a bar. So, Jeez. I don't know, man. All right, I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what he told me. I don't think he's lying to me. 215-592-9494. Let's get to Mike right now in Northeast Philly. Hi, Mike. Hey, good morning. What's up, Mike? How are everybody? I just wanted to say that, that I really hope the Phillies do good this year, and I think that pitching's going to be a big thing. Well, it will be, and the good thing is they are very, very stocked, particularly with the starting pitching. I mean, this is, awesome. Mike, this is probably the best starting. Matter of fact, I feel very confident. It's the best starting pitching they've had since 2011. Oh, my yeah. goodness, that's amazing. Yeah. Now, now, know this. About eight or nine of those years in between, they stunk for the most part. <laughs> and, it's and, not and that bold a statement, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, right? And sometimes when we were counting on our aces, they would go through these streaky things where they would start they'd start games and they'd be losing. I, know. I was like, oh, man. All right, Mike, who or what took a leap? Okay, I, I think I got the winning answer here. Well, I'll, I'll, we will be the judge of that, just so you know. <laughs> All right, who took the lead? What do you got? What? It's one small step for man, Ooh. one giant leap ah, for answer. Wow. I think I got the winning answer. Wow. <laughs> All right, listen, Neil Armstrong. Strong. That's really big. Great to be with you on this Thursday morning, last day of the month of February. That once every four year thing when we get this thing called Leap Year, Leap Day. It's never a leap of faith to dial up the Diddy and say, hey, Diddy, can you come in the studio for an hour? I mean, Diddy, we love you. We need you. And here he is, the Hall of Famer, Mr. Ray Dinninger. Ray Diddy, sir, how are you? I'm doing very well, Joe. How are you? I am good. I am. Uh... So, Ray, you ever think about the, the kids born on. Leap year, leap day. Yeah. Like, there's an 84-year-old today who can finally drink. <laughs> he's he's finally 21. I mean, think about that. 
Like, there's an 84-year-old. It's his 21st birthday today. Yeah, it's wild. How ridiculous is that? It's absurd. I hadn't really thought about that, Joe, but that is a very interesting observation. <laughs> These are the things, Ray, that percolate in my mind. You know, how does the government handle that one? <laughs> and when does he say, when do I, I do need some, I need somebody today. I need at least one person because I guess it's about one out of uh, 1,300 or so. Or a leap, a leap year kid. Well, 365 times four. So that would be how often someone's born on leap day, I guess. No, 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 no. Because of seasonal sex? Oh, geez. Hey, there's a lot. Was well, that the reason? I mean, so. There are, I think there are periods of the year sure. where there are higher birth But rates I mean, I'm stuff. sure yes. about one in 2000. Yeah, roughly. I think it's roughly. Yeah. Seasonal a sex. sex. Yeah, seasonal sex. You, hey, Your parents had sex in May. And here you are in February. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal I need to hear from one person today. One at 215 592 9494 that today is your birthday. Amongst other things, I need to know when it's not leap year, do you celebrate on February 28th or March 1st? But here's the thing I'm also more curious to know. When you do have one of these things where it actually comes around to your actual birthday, you just party your ass off? I mean, this is a big deal. If this is your day, you only get it once every four years. Got to take it off and go wild. You got to go wild. Go wild. All right, Ray Diddy. um, There's been a lot going on lately. There's some contention. There's AJ. There's Howie. There's Nick. We're trying to let me start with this, Ray. Who should bet lead off for the Phils? <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Let's bring it down a notch. We had a we had a poll yesterday, Ray. We had a poll. Right. In which 39% said Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. 33% said Kyle Schwerber. 28% said Bryson Stott. What says Ray Diddy? I'd probably say Trey Turner. I would probably go with the majority here. And what is the uh, or I agree with you. What's your argument for Trey? Um I think he's a guy who's done it before and done it successfully. I think he's got everything you're looking for in a leadoff man. Uh, he's a smart hitter, um, has speed, can get on base, but you also get, you're also not sacrificing power. Uh, and, you know, I, I just think after last year, I mean, we all know how the season started, but the way it finished is more typical of what he is. Yeah. And if that's what he's going to be, I want him batting first. See, here's an argument to that point, Ray. So when they tried to bat him first last year, he struggled. He also struggled batting whatever the heck else he batted for the first four months. Two, three, four, I don't really Clean remember. Clean up a Five, bit, yeah. He was, all, he was moved around. But here's the deal. Once he locked in, had he had they moved him to first, you know, they could have won with him at first. I mean, the guy was knocking the cover off the ball. That That's, where, I guess, when I say I think it's circumstantial that they happen to win. Not entirely circumstantial. I don't want to discredit Kyle Schwarber. But my point is, it's all about how you play – when you play and how others are playing around you. I mean, if, if they get Trey Turner, you know, slugging whatever the heck it was at the end of the year, yeah, I want that guy up more than I want Kyle Schwarber up. And I expect, Ray, Trey Turner to have a better season than Kyle Schwarber. I think he's a better baseball player. Right. I mean, that's the argument. So what I, if- I, think, no, no, I, think that's, I think it's exactly right. And um, I would give him the chance. I'd start the year off with him there and see how it goes. Would and you I, bet, I think he'll be fine. Would you bet Harper too, Ray? I know old school baseball was no. It's three and four for your best player. Ted Williams, Barry Bonds, pick your guy, Mike Schmidt. Schmidt, he always batted three or four. But would you say, you know what? Sometimes, you know, sometimes Danny Ozark batted him one. How, how did he? Re- I didn't know that in 70s. He had, he had uh, Schmidt lead off from time to time. If the, wow. if the offense was got stale Interesting. or Schmidt was sort of struggling, um, the O's would um, would put him in lead. The O's. <laughs> That's good stuff. Early the analytics the guy. The O's, as he was known. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Danny, would, uh, Danny would bat him lead off. Not, and just for... 
a week or so, yeah. but just to kind of change things up. Would you be open to Bryce Harper too? Righty, Trey, lefty, Harper. There's no pitcher in the National League anymore batting nine, so they do follow position players. Would you be open to, let's just have the two best players, bang, bang, right out of the gate? I, I, I like him at three. I just really like him. I think he's a natural three. Um, I know the righty-lefty thing is appealing, but I, I just think, to me, he's a natural three hitter. And um, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I'm just amazed at how good he is at first base already. Oh, tremendous. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. The guy never played the position. And uh, I'm not saying he's going to win the gold glove this year. Um, but he's already a better defensive first baseman than Reese Hopkins will ever be. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it, it's amazing how good he is. They just tossed him the mitt and said, go play. And he's already really good at it. Yeah, he can do it. 215-592-9494 to get in on all this. Ray, let's get to an Eagles thing, and then we'll do a lot of calls and a lot with you here this hour. Um, how do you make w- – w- actually, let, let, me, let me play a piece of audio. Let's listen to Howie Roseman um, from two days ago. Because I'm curious, Ray, your thoughts on how Howie and Sirianni presented themselves. And I think the early uh, salvo from Howie answering really the first question set the tone for the messaging he wanted to put out there. Let's listen to Howie the other day um, near the beginning of that press conference. I'm proud of the people that we have on this team uh, on and off the field. You know, obviously um, the end of the season didn't go the way we wanted to, but um, at the same time, you know, making the playoffs six of the last seven years, being in two of the last six Super Bowls, I feel like we've developed some sort of winning culture. Um, now we got to add to that, and I think we got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, I, I'm a little bit excited about um, kind of aggressively uh, going after some future players that we did to start this off and bringing back at least one of our guys. So um, it's a good start, but we got a lot of work to do, and I'm um, excited to do it with the people that we get the opportunity to do it. Ray, what did you make of how Howie messaged things the other day, how he presented them, so to speak? Um, well, I think you're right in saying that he had a specific message in mind that he wanted to deliver. Um, and he did it right off the top with the idea that well, we have a lot of people here that we're really proud of. Yeah. Uh, trying to clear the air of what's kind of been around this team for a while. Just kind of a, you know, we're okay. We like our people. Season didn't finish the way we would like. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> but, you know, we're still fine. You know, over, the, over time, if you look at us over time, you know, we're a winning team. We've been in the playoffs three years in a row. We're in Super Bowl not that long ago. We're still good, you know. And, yeah, last season ended badly, but we're still the Philadelphia Eagles. That's kind of the message that he put out there. Now, how much people buy that, I don't know. Do you buy it, Ray? Well, they have a lot of work to do. Um, I, I, th- I think a lot of it is just basic meat and potatoes football. I think they need better players, and, and especially on the defensive side. I mean, they, got, they pretty much have to rebuild the whole back end of the defense. I mean, no kidding. I mean, they really do. So is Howie getting off easily with all this? Because I, I really feel like overwhelmingly positive about Howie. Uh, having heard him speak yesterday, I, I came away from that like, yep, that's Howie, smart, sounding uh, – Smart as a whip, just like always. Sure. But, you know, we do have so much work to do as you continue to address, like especially on the defensive side of things. Oh, God. On the offensive side of things, there is uncertainty that maybe we are, like I am trying to block out because it's so uncomfortable, Uh, you know, with certain guys not being available, Jason Kelsey, whether he's back or not, how, how immensely that changes our offense and how that cannot be understated, uh, that, that certainly does matter. There's so much that goes 
on and into all of this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I mean, Howie is uh, uh, a guy that um, can say a lot without saying very much. That's true. And that's kind of what this was, but it's just a matter of tone. What's the tone that he's putting out there? Is it an, oh, my God, our house is burning down kind of feeling, or is it just a, yeah, we're disappointed, but we'll be okay? Which is that's kind of what I expected, and that's pretty much what he delivered. Yeah, I agree with you. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four to weigh in. The Diddy with us for an entire hour. He'll be fielding phone calls with us today as well. Today's show sponsored by Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, the only app I use. Join me, and you're in the zone. New users get up to one thousand dollars casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first twenty four hours. You must be twenty one in PA or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Right up ahead, a lot more here with the Diddy, including some audio of what AJ Brown and Nick Sirianni had said uh, in recent days. We'll play that for Ray, get his assessment of that. Howard Eskin today at 8. More on the Phil's leadoff spot. Who should lead off? And something Ruben Amaro said to us yesterday about the leadoff predicament. A fascinating comment by Ruben about one of the three options. We'll get to that. Rock all your calls. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie on Leap Day on 94 WIP. I am so glad I replaced my windows with Window Nation a few years ago. I've noticed the difference in my energy bill keeping out the cold, especially here in February, which, by the way, is back today. If you are feeling the frigid drafts coming through your windows and noticing your heating bills are getting higher, then it's time to fight the February cold with quality replacement windows from Window Nation. This month only, replace your windows and save big with 50% off on all window styles, plus an additional 10% off through the end of the month. Act now. This offer is in addition to the zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months offer. With proven quality and service, it is no wonder thousands of homeowners, including me, have trusted Window Nation for their homes, and you can too. With 50% off, zero down, and now an additional 10% off, plus zero interest and no payments for 24 months, you can't afford to wait Book your appointments today. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Well, there's no doubt, like 30 years ago, a young Diddy was rocking MTV. We know that. Ray Dettinger in studio. Show to camera, John Ritchie. It's 94 WIP. We've got today's Twitter poll question of the day. It's brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Armin offering the highest quality certified pre-owned vehicles in the Delaware Valley. Together, let's drive. Visit ArminChevy.com. Today's question, will the Flyers make the playoffs this season? 22 games to go. They're currently in a playoff spot. Hopefully, they hold on to it. A few points up. Do they make it a yes, b no? You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. All right, a lot on the uh, on the Eagles here. We'll do a lot with Ray, uh, the King Howard Eskin up ahead at eight o'clock. Howard, uh, excuse me, Ray. Let's get to this this um, survey of NFL players we had referenced earlier. I guess when you were either walking in or driving in, but um, a survey conducted from August to November, in which um, most NFL players, seventy seven percent of players, voted on their own team. Not on other teams, but on their own team. And mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni, and the Eagles had a, you know, a lot of engagement. 
and Sirianni got an A from Eagles players. And we turn to you, Ray, because you're like our resident Obi-Wan. So does an A voted on from August to November, August to November is when they voted, August to November, does that get invalidated when you consider that the collapse happened thereafter? Like, how much stock do you put in this A, or do you think it's kind of phony baloney now if they voted before things collapse? It's totally phony. <laughs> totally phony. I put nothing in it. I put nothing in it. I mean, it's, I mean if, 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 the, if the thing was taken in November, remember what, 10 and 1 in November, right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I'd say the world changed significantly <laughs> after that. Um, you know, I mean, that, that's why someone said to me, if you remember at, after, the, after the Tampa Bay game, after the Tampa Bay fiasco, um, remember there was all the conversation about are the Eagles going to fire Nick Sirianni, which was a very real conversation, which was happening on the streets and also happening right here in this studio. Also happening in Lurie's office. I don't no, care. No, no. Question. What anybody thinks, no, question. no doubt, no question that it was being asked. And so, while the players are cleaning out their lockers, all the media is down there doing what the media has to do, which is asking the players questions. And one of the questions you're asking is, do you think your coach is going to get fired? Uh, well, perfectly legitimate question to ask. Uh, and a lot of the players are coming out and def- defending Nick to the hilt, saying all kinds of wonderful things about what a great coach he is. Uh, and all that, and my reaction to that is, Puh. you know, what you're saying now means nothing. All the words that you're saying now don't matter. What matters is what you put on the field in Tampa Bay. If you if you really felt this way about your coach, if you really loved your coach. If you really wanted to make sure that he was going to be your coach moving forward, the time to make that statement was on the field in Tampa. Don't play the way you played in Tampa and then come out the next day and say you love your coach because you sure didn't play like it. Uh, And your performance is why we're having this conversation. So, I mean, a lot of that was just empty words. How do you think he lost them, Ray? If, If the implication you're saying is that he lost them or lost them to some extent, do you think it was more... Offensive scheme went awry with just the same thing, and they lost faith in him as a schemer. Do you think it was the Sean Desai thing, and he rolled on a defensive coordinator but kept himself in charge of the offense? Do you think it was culture actually really uh, had major issues otherwise? And where, how do you think Sirianni lost them? Uh, I think it's a little bit of all of those things. Um, the the decision to change defensive coordinators, even though Sean Desai had not exactly distinguished himself, totally blew up in their face. I mean, because they only got worse after the change. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the um, just the complete collapse of the of of the offense. I mean, because I, I think everybody recognized that the defense had personnel issues. I mean, you recognized anybody watching the defense, you knew. Some of these problems here is our players just aren't good enough. But what was happening on the offense was harder to explain. You know, why the offense was making so many mistakes, why the offense was unable to make big plays in big spots, why they couldn't convert third downs when they absolutely had to convert third downs, why they couldn't do the simple fundamental things that they did so easily the year before. Where did all that go? You know, and why did the quarterback who was 
knocking on the door of MVP the year before, now seemingly had lost his way and completely had regressed in terms of his fundamentals, in terms of his mechanics, and most of all in terms of his decision-making. Where did all of that go? I think that – I think some of it – I don't want to say that it should, was all directed at Nick, but Nick was certainly part of it. But when you look back over the whole season, it seemed to me that this may be – I may be guilty of oversimplifying. I don't think they ever recovered from the San Francisco game. I don't think they ever recovered from the San Francisco game. I think the San Francisco game was such a devastating beatdown that I don't think that psychologically they ever really recovered from that. It's incredible. So does when does Jalen start looking like repaired Jalen in your mind? You know, like this was not quite right this whole season. Correct. Never really got on track. I still don't understand whether he was hurt or not th- this season. You know, like, like that's still a gray area where he did not run as effectively. He right. didn't look as athletic. He was not as explosive or quick or threatening. And I don't even understand exactly why that was. Right. Uh, but do you think with a new quarterback coach and with Kellen Moore, the new offensive coordinator, how long, how long does this rehabilitation take and how good can he be soon? It shouldn't take that long. I, th- I thought – and I even think we had this discussion, I think I even remember having this discussion with you two guys, was when they reconstituted the coaching staff and after Sean Staken had left and they promoted Brian Johnson to the, to, from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator, um, all the conversation was, oh, this is going to be great, you know, because Brian mm-hmm. Johnson has this big history and he played for Jalen's father and he knew Jalen when he was the ball boy on the high school team and they're best friends and isn't that great that his, you know, his, he's going to have this kind of relationship with – and I said to you guys, I'm not so sure that's a great thing. <laughs> you know, he doesn't need a friend. You know, he doesn't need somebody that's going to talk about the good old days when you were, you know, when you were carrying the water bottle. He needs a coach. He needs a coach. You know, and you don't need your, be- you don't need your coach to be your best friend. Coaches are there to coach. They're not there to be your best friend. And so that's why this idea that, oh, this is going to be great. I just I saw it the other way. Now I didn't say it was possible. I didn't say it was totally going to blow up, but the one thing I said was, don't put too much stock in that whole thing because coaches have to coach. And I think when you when you look back over the season and you hear what's been said since then, there was the feeling that there were times that they felt like Brian was reluctant to do what coaches have to do, which is tell Jalen, yeah. hey, you can't be doing that anymore. Yeah, that's you got to play better than that. Yeah. He pulled back on that. And even a player as accomplished as Jalen Hurts, especially at this point in his career, doesn't need that. He needs a coach more than he needs a buddy. Ray, let's do one more on Hurts, and we'll get back to the phones here. Curious, what do you hear about Hurts? We, we all hear stuff. We read stuff. We see reports. We talk to people. We talk to friends who are media members. You have access to a lot of people at a national level. You have access to people on a local level. Mm-hmm. What do you hear about Hurts behind the scenes. The teammate stuff, is he working as hard? Did he did he get a little complacent after having all that success in 2022? What do you hear about Hurts? Uh, it has me, a lot of what I'm hearing has me scratching my head because a lot of what I'm hearing is that um, 
Oh, there's a lot of talk about the quarterback. We got a problem with the quarterback. The quarterback is lo- aloof. He's distant. He's not interacting with his teammates. He shows no emotion. He don't. And I said, uh, "Wait a minute. That's all the stuff that we said was good a year ago. You know, remember all the stuff that we said? Oh man, he's he never gets ruffled. He's always cool. He's always in control. You know, it, it's kind of your it's you're kind of saying the same thing to me at, from the outside. He looks like the same guy. Um, I think there was. Uh, I do think to the point that John was making. I do think he was dealing with something physical most of the year. Early in the year, I do think he hurt his leg, and I don't know that it ever totally responded, which I think was reflected in the play calling and the coach's desire to try and protect him, which limited the RPO stuff, which limited the whole offense, really. Uh, And then everything just kind of fell apart. But uh, the idea that this kind of distance that you saw in him and this kind kind of too cool and never gets ruffled, never gets emotional, were all the things that we were saying were good on the way to the Super Bowl. Now all of a sudden they're bad. You know, I don't know that he's changed that much. I just think that he has to play better. You know, I, d- I just think it's as simple as that. And he can. There's no question he can. Uh, I mean, the year before, he made such a leap forward oh, yeah. in his ability to his ability to play from the pocket. I mean, he, was, he really developed into a really good pocket player. I mean, the RPO stuff was, I mean, that took his game to a whole other level. But his ability to play and make decisions in the pocket and make accurate throws beyond the intermediate but down the field. I mean, his growth in that area was exponential the previous year. Um, He's got to get back to that. But there's no reason why he can't. But I certainly think a lot of it has to do with the coaching and the offensive play design. And that's Nick and that's Kellen Moore. All right, let's get a lot of calls in here. Again, 215-592-9494 on the Eagles thing with Hertz. The survey done by the NFL Players Association, um, do you discredit it because it was done between August and, and November? prior to the Eagles' collapse, or does the Eagles' fourth-place finish of all NFL teams? You put great stock in that. And really the thing we've been discussing the most today, who should bat lead off for the Phillies? We had this poll result yesterday. It's always fascinating when we have a poll result where, you know, the, 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 the choices aren't separated by many votes. Trey Turner got 39% of the vote to lead off. That's where I'm at. Schwerber got 33% of the vote to lead off. That's where Seltzer's at. And Bryson Stock got 28% of the vote, and that is where uh, Richie's at. Where do you come down? Who should lead off and why? Let's go to Tom. He's calling from uh, from down south. What's up, Tom? Yo, Joe, how you doing? Yo, Tom. Morning, Mr. Didinger. How are you, sir? I'm fine. How are you? Fine, thank you. Hey, do you mind, Joe, if I follow up? I want to say something about that Phillies leadoff, but I want to ask sure. Mr. Didinger something about Hurts. Go for it. The, the year prior in the offseason, it, it was said that he worked with a guy named Tom House. Now, it seemed to me like he took, uh, obviously, his most progressive in that, in that deal. How come no one has said, you know, let's go find Tom House and get him over here to fix him again? Maybe they have. Maybe they will. You know, I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, Tom House has worked with a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, people may remember Tom House was a major league pitcher for a long time, and then developed himself after his baseball career to be this uh, guru of kinesiology <laughs> where he works with people of all throwing mechanisms, baseball and football. But he's, he's got a big following in football. He's worked with a lot of NFL quarterbacks uh, and had some really good success. And so, yeah, I mean, House was given a lot of credit for the success that Jalen had last year. Uh, after what happened last season, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's up for some fine-tuning. Yeah, 
I mean, there's another guy out there that does kind of the same thing who I would absolutely look up, and that's Jordan Palmer, uh, who's Carson Palmer's brother, who is um, who's now made a, a living out of being this um, quarterback whisperer. He was a quarterback himself, but he's now become a better coach than he has what is ever a player. Did Carson Wentz work with him at yes. one point? Yes, they all did. Mahomes did. Justin Herbert did. I mean, they, he runs this super camp out in mm-hmm. California. I suggested to Howie Roseman a year ago because he he's had such tremendous results with these guys. I said, heck, why don't you hire him and put him on your staff instead of letting him be this free agent coach driving around in his Lamborghini <laughs> out on the West Coast, <laughs> you know, with his, with his Ray-Ban glasses you know, doing classes out of his trunk. Why don't you hire him and put him on your staff? And Howie said, you know, he, he's got this great life, and why would he change it? You come, you put him on the staff, all of a sudden he's in a room watching tape 14 hours a day. <laughs> I don't blame the guy. Probably making, making less money, too, yeah. 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 And, and, making a, and making a fortune doing it while he's playing 36 holes of golf. Why would he want to give that Jeez. away? Okay, I kind of get that. That's a great life. But he's, had, but he's had tremendous success with some great quarterbacks. Wow. Hey, Tom, give me your Phillies point. With Turner, you know, I think they would have recruited him and went out and told him that he was going to bat lead off. It might have had something to do why he started so slow last year. Him or Stott, who is Stott, is truly underrated. He is going to be. He's a great hitter. Harper is a true three, and Schwarber, who lead off, he's still clogging the bases up. He is your number four hitter all day, if you ask me. He should be batting cleanup. All right, Tom, give me an answer for who or what took a leap on this leap day. I'm going to say the worst team in the professional sports that should have won the Super Bowl this year, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, they did. There would be a lot of answers. It's funny, when you said it, when you were going toward a team, the first thought I had was the 93 Phils. Uh, but the Detroit Lions obviously took a leap. And the Classic Detroit Lions first. have yeah, exactly. the same offensive and defensive coordinators coming back this year. It's a huge advantage. Yeah, but you know my opinion. They're going right back down the tubes. The Lions. Why do you uh, hate them so much? Because America's darling. I got tired of it. Enough. Ouch. Enough. Uh, Dan Campbell. They're not guy. going right back down any two. Uh, they're they're going to be really good let again. Let me put it this way. They're not going to be in the conference title game next year. You can book that. Well, I mean. Book it. Hey, you could you probably have good odds if okay. you choose well, to go you. that route. Thank you. I think thank it's you. cowardly. I think they are <laughs> good enough to be in the conference championship yeah. game. Ray's looking at his I was going to say, let me ask you this. Yeah. Would, would you – Given your, I didn't know he had this predisposition against the I Lions. Got tired okay, of it. given that, would you still make him the favorite in that division? Um, well, I'd have to be able to name five players on the Bears, which I can't the do. The Packers, it's them or the Packers. It's them or the yeah. Packers, yeah. Um, so obviously the Lions will have a tougher schedule. I'll go Packers. Really? But I mean, you got to understand, Ray. I just took that answer straight out of the old Heine. Like, I, I have no rhyme or reason other than I just didn't want to relent. And, and you I'm, know what, Joe? It stinks. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. All right. I don't know, Ray. I mean, you tell me. Lions or Packers? I really do like Jordan Love. Yeah, I, do I, I think he's really good. Um, but, you know, I think the Lions are a real solid team. They are I solid. Mean, they're, they're oh, off, I give their credit. offensive yeah. line is really good. Their I love offensive line them. is really good. And I, I, as long as they've got an offensive line that's that good, I still, I still sometimes wonder about Goff. You know, but yeah, uh, but they're often really but, not that great. But man, he's getting better. He did get better. And I'll tell you, you, you just said a key point that keeping Ben Johnson helps enormously. Totally. Because I thought of all the of all the coaches this offseason, I thought he was the absolute goner. I mean, he was to me, he was going to get plucked by somebody. It was just a question of who. And the fact that he chose to stay in Detroit surprised me hugely, number one. 
But number two, that's a tremendous, yeah. tremendous advantage for the Lions that they get him to come back and keep orchestrating. It is a good. And ben a, Johnson was the coach who went to the Commanders, and after that whole process, was going public with the fact that he felt they were a little bit haughty. Yeah, well, which well, that I went both ways for what it's worth. Yeah. The wash, I mean, he, they, I he canceled while Washington was flying out there. It wasn't a great look for Ben Johnson. True. Like they were no. on the plane to go interview him, and he's like, eh, "I'm good." Like that was not but ideal. It's, for it's him. really hard for me to get on the side of the commanders. <laughs> oh, front so, office. it's brutal. So, you know, yeah, I was I'll fine tell you, with it. I'll tell you what side's great to get on. The Phil season starts in a month. Let's. I, I want to give you a little taste, a little taste of yesterday, because the Phils are smacking the ball all over the place. A little taste of how it sounded yesterday in spring training. Fly ball left field, hit well. Kelnick going back toward the wall. It is gone. A long home run for Real Muto. Not a bad first at bat. NBC Sports Philadelphia, obviously Tom McCarthy on the call, like a Ginzu commercial, but wait, there's more. That ball's hit well. Out to left field. How about the first games for Alec Baum and JT Real Muto? A two run home run, and the Phillies lead it 3 0. Feels good to hear, oh, doesn't it, right? Carry does. First swing by Boom. First swing of the season. How about the ballpark. That? Not bad. How about that? Not bad. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's get. We're going to get to some audio of AJ Brown and uh, Sirianni. Things they said recently. Play it for Ray. Get his assessment. Let's talk to Jimmy right now in Hatboro. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, so I'm going to go Turner first. Uh. Uh. uh Yep, turn, second, yep. Harper, Harper third, Schwarber fourth. Don't like it. Well, first off, you got three lefties. I don't like two lefties in a row. You got three lefties in a row. I want no parts of that. That's a disaster. Yeah, that's a that's horrendous. I don't know baseball. You're really brave. <laughs> <imagine, Jimmy. laughs> Good response, Jimmy. I like that. that you can win drop of the week, man. That was really funny. That's drop I'm of the week gonna, winner. Yeah. I'm gonna hang up with. I'm gonna throw the mic down after this. All right, Jimmy. E- Elon Musk changed the world with electric cars. Elon Musk taking a leap. All right, John. Elon Musk take a leap there. We're looking for uh, an interesting phone call. Who took a leap? <laughs> yeah, the old Musk man. Yeah. No, no. I don't know. Did he? I, I guess. Yeah, that is well, quite he, the smart. Look, he obviously took risk. Electric. Most people that succeed in a massive way in business take a big risk or many big risks along the way. All right, let's play some audio here for Ray and get his assessment. Let's go back to A.J. Brown. Obviously, this was Friday on WIP. And, um, you know, let, let's play the audio of A.J., and then we'll, we'll get Ray's sense of, as a media member and as a Philadelphian and as someone who's covered the Eagles for many years, uh, for 50 years or so, Ray's perspective on A.J. Brown saying this. A lot of stuff be personal towards me, though. You know, even, like, the uh, the whole diva thing and all that. Like, I, I mean, listen, I, I know you guys. You guys be talking. You guys most – Majority of the news that come out of your show be negative all the time. And I understand where you're trying to get clicks and views and this and that, but, you know what I'm saying, I don't think that's the way to go. I think you should be authentic and you should you should handle it the right way. But that's not how that show been going. And, you know what I'm saying, I wanted to come on the show and talk to you guys a little bit and see, see what's going on because it, it just doesn't make sense. Ray, you've never been authentic. I got to tell you, you the media, Ray, mm-hmm. not authentic. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Ray, I thought AJ did a, a lot of good with the way he presented himself, and I admired him wanting to come on, stick up for teammates, stick up for the organization, try to settle things down. And in some ways, I think he did. I I agree. Yeah, in some ways. In other ways, I thought he sounded a little naive. I mean, like, what I would say back to him is, yo, dude, your team lost six of the last seven. Exactly. So own it. 
And understand this, when you do that and you don't play another game for six months, there's going to be a lot of negativity swirling around based on how you've finished. That's the way it goes, And it's man. coming from your locker room. Yeah. Your players are leaking stuff to reporters. Right. That's not us making this stuff up. Like, it's from reports yeah. from your locker room, man. That's the way your cookie crumbled. Not my cookie. Your cookie. All, all you guys, Philadelphia Eagles, that's your team. Your teammates. Your whole thing. You guys lost 6-7. Own it, dude. Not my fault. Ray, your thoughts. No, I... I couldn't say it any better, Joe. That's exactly how I felt. I thought that, um, uh, to the larger point, how did AJ's entire – how did the phone call go? I thought pretty well. I, I actually thought there were some things that he said that I thought made perfect sense. Um, the idea that, that he would be upset at the end of the year, to me, doesn't necessarily – that people, the easiest thing to say is, oh, he's just another diva wide receiver. Well, it's a separate issue. I mean, it's – he's upset. I, I really do think – he was upset because the team collapsed. I think he was upset because he felt like he could have done more. Uh, I think he was. I think he was absolutely upset, and I think rightly so, with the play calling down the stretch. There were a lot of things that upset him that that weren't part of being a quote unquote diva. So that part of it, I totally understood, and I thought he made that pretty clear. But the idea that oh, you guys are just being negative and you're just going for clicks when a team has just completed. Probably the greatest collapse in Philadelphia sports history, at least since the 64 Phillies. What do you expect people to say? What do you expect people to think? Of course they're going to be upset. To, 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 for people to be upset coming off of the end of this season, and especially coming off of that, i, I got to keep coming back to that. That Tampa Bay game was yeah. absolutely disgraceful. Totally. I mean, that team was never – how do you not show up for a playoff game? How do you not show up for a playoff game? And that's what happened. So how are people not – going to be upset about that so for people to be upset about that not an overreaction where i think you did have an overreaction was that grew out of that was blow it up get rid of this guy get rid of that guy start over fire sirianni we're going to start that was the overreaction that was the over being upset with the way the season ended i totally get that because i felt it too but the people that said tear it all down start over get rid of brown get rid of hurts get rid of this get rid of that that was the overreaction. You didn't have to go there. And there was some of that. But it's understandable because of what the people had just witnessed. So, Ray, is it the right uh, decision to have Nick Sirianni back as our head coach? Uh, I, really, I really had to think about it. Yeah. You know, and I'm not a knee-jerk guy. Uh, I'll tell you, going into the Tampa game, going into the Tampa game, I was one of the people that said, There's, no, you're not going to fire him, for heaven's sakes. Three straight years in the playoffs. After the Tampa game, and seeing what I saw, I started to think, you know what? Yeah, I got to I, I gotta think about this. Now, I really did think that it was going to be, this was going to be the decision, that he was going to stay, and there was going to be a massive overhaul of the coaching staff. I really thought Which that. Which is exactly what happened. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. But, here's the other, here, but here's the other side of the but. By doing this, by bringing Nick back, you are going to now start the new season under a cloud. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely going to start because now everybody's going to be sitting in judgment on every decision that Nick Sirianni makes. And when you start the beginning of next year and people start the, okay, who's going to be the first head coach fired? He's going to be on that list. You, now, you can dispel that, and you can, if by winning, you can make that go away. But you hate to start the year with that being the question that everyone's asking. I agree. Ray, it's certainly far from the most important thing, the way Sirianni conducts himself, you know, when he's 
motion into the stands or, you know, ripping the Chiefs people as he walks off the field. It's not the most important thing, but I do think it matters. I do think it looks Mickey Mouse. I don't like it. I said it even when they were winning. I'm curious from your perspective, do you, if you had to guess this offseason, probably would have already happened. Do you think Lurie or Howie or both would talk to Nick and say, yo, coach, tone it down, en- enough? Yeah, or, or, or in more simple terms, grow up. Grow up. You know, you're not a high school coach. This is the NFL. And uh, act like it. You know, I, I, you know I, mean, I know there were a lot of people that really kind of got off on his emotion and, you know, kind of the mugging on the sidelines and always having fun. You know, he's a young, enthusiastic guy. Okay, I get that. But it's the National Football League. It's professional football. Be professional in your role. And that's – I would think that, that probably – I don't know that Howie would have this conversation – with Nick, but I think Jeff could, and Jeff should. He should. Because uh, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a bad look. I mean, even when they were winning, and even after the big win in Kansas City, which was a big win. Yeah, it was. I mean, no, no question that's a big win, and a big emotional win. Uh, a little lucky <laughs> at the end, but okay. A big win on the road against a great team. Um, the, the video that came out of him standing there barking at the Chiefs fans. Yeah. My reaction is, oh come on, really? I mean, it's it just it just looks so small time that uh, it's beneath you. It, it's beneath you, and so I, I think you know maybe he still is a young guy. You know, maybe it's just something that he kind of got to grow out of. But I think for somebody to call his attention to it and say, you know, you've won a lot of games. You know, you've proven that you can win in the National Football League. You know, now start acting like a grown up. Show more dignity. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I totally. Agree. I mean, I I just I, and I'm sure that, I'm sure they had that. I'm, I would think that he and Jeff probably had that discussion. Well, listen, it's a question. I mean, I, and the other part of it, Joe, is the thing that grew out of this, which Derek Gunn reported, was the idea that this whole season kind of went sideways when Big Dom was taken off the sidelines mm-hmm. because he was there. He was the guy that was there to control the head coach. I mean, really. You're head coach of a National Football League team, and you need your security guy standing next to you to tell you how to act. You know how to act with the players. Yeah, I mean that's. I, I mean, yeah. like, come on. Think I mean, about that concept. I mean, that's that's something that you have to have a real discussion. I think there are real strengths in his in his game. You know, I think that the, I think some of his energy and some of his enthusiasm is pretty good. Uh, I think there are different ways he needs to approach training camp. I would like to see it'll be a little more physical. I'd like to see the guys work a little harder. Because I think physically his team ran out of gas down the stretch. I think that was part of it. I think there are things that he can adjust. But when you finish the season the way the Eagles finished this season, you would expect that. I mean, you. Yeah. you I'll tell you what, that. Ray. It's not going to be easy for this guy to ramp up the intensity during training camp. You know, like part of I believe part of the attraction for a player to to Nick Sirianni is you know he's going to have your best interest in mind. You know. 45-minute practice, walk through, that type of thing. You know, when you're not winning, when you don't have that positive vibe, convincing the guys that putting the pads on is a good idea, that's a lot tougher to do. No question, but I think it's necessary. It is, absolutely. And he talked about it last year in October or at some point. He's going to revisit the way he treats training camp, you know, for this coming season. He talked about it last year, and it meant a lot to me. Because, you know, that's what I've been hoping for all along. I, and, and I had gotten to the point where I was like, you know what, i got to just leave it alone.
because it is what it is, and it's never going to change. But then he said, hey, it might change. Yeah, but they also almost won a Super Bowl with this 12 months ago. Okay. And this past year, it fell apart. And I, know it and did. I do think he acknowledges but it, doesn't mean that's it why needs it, to be tweaked. Doesn't mean that's why I it think fell that apart. Might be the word that he used. What's that? Doesn't mean that's why it fell apart. Maybe it fell apart because they just kept calling the same plays there's and it wasn't working. And they couldn't pick up a blitz. Sure. And Hertz kept leaving Tons the pocket early reasons. and the defense stunk. Lots. Anyway, I think, right, I think there's something to be said for um, I understand the desire to run your training camp in a way that minimizes the chance of injury. Right. I understand that. But you also have there there's a physical element of the game that cannot be ignored. And I remember hearing Phil Sims doing an interview after doing his camp tour this year. And one of the things he said was he said, "Man, I just came back from the Kansas City training camp and I can't believe how hard Andy Reid works his players." That's uh, and that was always I mean, you hitting wise, you know, yeah. It does matter. You have to practice hitting to be good at hitting. Let me you ask you guys. Let me football ask you guys. to be good at football. No question. Let me ask you guys something. Because you guys go to training camp. Sure. You, know, we, you do remotes down there. You're yeah. watching practice. In three years of watching Nick's practices, have you ever heard a pad pop? Uh, probably not, but I'm not certain. But probably not. Seriously? Yeah, probably I'm not. I'm asking you seriously. Have you ever – Three years of training camp practice. Have you ever heard anything that sounded like a pad pop? The only time, I, I Ray. Could, I could tell you no. The only time where it feels like things get elevated to that degree is, is when they, the mixed practice. The scrimmage, you know, the goal line, the, you know, hey, we're going to play for an extra half an hour of, of curfew. They, they do that thing. I don't even know if Nick is the one who did it. Maybe maybe Doug? it was Doug. I don't remember. There was there was a play down on the goal line that they would go, you know, every year it ended up being. And I think maybe this actually went back to Andy, too, because we did this with Andy, where, uh, you know, you're, it's full tackle. It's a full day of practice in camp where you're actually taking guys to the ground and you, you go down to the goal line and it's offense, defense. Whoever wins this gets an extra half an hour. And it's huge. And it's exciting. It's fun. Uh, that's when pads pop. You you absolutely hear that. I don't remember that happening here with Nick. I, I don't remember that enthusiasm, that's for sure, because it's so f- few and far between that you actually see a practice with pads. I know. I know. I'm t- When I ask the question, I'm taking out the, the mixed sessions mm-hmm. where they bring other teams in. Sure. No, I actually yeah. do some live yeah, scrimmaging. Yeah, and there's actually a sense of competition. You get it there. Yeah. But when it's just the Eagles out there, there's none of that. The Diddy in studio with us. Wow. Howard Eskin in about 10 minutes. Let's go to the phones and talk to Drew calling from Westchester. Hi, Drew. Morning, folks. So I have a Phillies point and an Eagles question for Ray. Where would you prefer I start? Whatever you want. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll, go with the, uh, we'll go with the Eagles uh, question. So, uh, Ray, uh, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., I watched him at Clemson, and he passes the eye test for me. I definitely want the Eagles to pick him. But just one question I had, when I look at his – measurables a little bit the size does seem very similar to the kobe dean so do you have any concerns about him holding up you know injury wise in the nfl against bigger guys or do you think he'll be okay there no i think he'll be fine um it's 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 very funny people who haven't seen him or didn't see him much at clemson um they hear jeremiah trotter jr and they think he's jeremiah trotter (laughs) And, and he's not uh, I mean, physically, he's very different than his father. And he's going to be a very different kind of player. Um, you know, Trot Sr. was a monster against the run. I mean, he was, he was 245, 250 pounds, who was always blowing up the A-gap. That's what he did best. And that's not going to be Jeremiah Jr.'s game. 
He's going to be a more off-the-ball kind of linebacker, but he's very good in pass coverage. He's very smart. Uh, he's bigger He's bigger and more physical than N'Kobe Dean. Um, I would think that he'll probably be – I would expect him to be a day-two draft pick, and I think he's going to be – I don't know if – a lot of people love – I would love to see him come to Philadelphia because I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, but wherever he goes in the NFL, I think he's going to play and play well. So okay, he's a awesome. little bit – That makes me feel better. He's a little bit bigger than N'Kobe from what you've seen, and uh, – that's yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the tape tells you. I don't mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of tape measurements, height, weight, and all. But I, he looks to me to be a, a little bit bigger than Nakobe. Sure. Mm-hmm. What's your Phillies point? Uh, yeah. So with the Phillies, I definitely think Schwarber should be lead off. I really do think there's something to putting stress on the a lot of stress on the pitcher from the jump. I think a lot of pitchers sometimes are like, oh, you know, I'm gonna try to just settle in, like throw a fastball, feel out the strike zone, and then Schwarber can you know put one in the right field seats off the, uh, off the bat. So it seems like I, I've always liked him bat and lead off. It seems like it works. I would, you know, have him lead off on opening day. And I think you only make a change if, you know, things are really going bad. Well, I will there, tell you this, true. If, if, if they're inclined to lead Schwarber off and they might be, I swear to God, I won't do it until he proves he's hitting within the year. May 1st, May 15th, June 1st. The guy never hits till June 1st. Mm-hmm. Why am I going to have him have the most at bats in the two months of the year that are his coldest? Makes no sense. Rob Thompson Makes talks a no lot about sense. the the intimidation factor of what it does to a pitcher. I know. I think that matters. Right but not, yeah. Yeah. But not in April. Not in April. By the way, did you lot. also know that Kyle Schwarber saw the fifth most pitches per bat of any player in baseball that's last imp- year? That's impressive. Yeah, for a leadoff hitter especially. That's great. Drew, give me an answer. Who or what took a leap? Yeah, so fun football tradition, the Lambeau leap. Oh, that's a oh, good that's answer. That's a great right answer. Really? We're answer. getting some really, really good answers here today as we do today's broadcast here on WIP. Today's show is sponsored by Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, the only app I use. Join me and you're in the zone. New users get up to $1,000 casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. Must be 21 in PA or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLE. All right, so I have a follow-up to the story. I told you earlier, uh, Lech Walesa's name came up. Solidarity movement from from Paul and a real hero. Lech Walesa? Well, what, what did I say? What did I say? I don't even Valenza. know. Valenza. It, it was I don't know, right. whatever the hell it was. But anyway, uh, world hero, you know, standing up to those commies in the Soviet Union in the 1980s for Poland. Yeah. So, Ray, I had referenced earlier my buddy had a uh, in a bar a, a cigarette of Valenza's son, you know, put, well, puts a... whatever his name. So, he, all right, so I got, the, I got the clarification from my buddy. He says, his son put the cigarette out on my neck. <laughs> what? He said Jeez. he's the only dude I've ever punched in the face. Yeah, I don't blame him. What? I would have punched him in the face, too. Then he says, looking back, maybe I did something to warrant it. Um, <laughs> still, though, no reason to put a cigarette out on my neck. And then he said, and my buddy Mark Fleming, he goes, but not too many people can say they knocked out a prince. So there That's you true. Go. They knocked out a, and I asked him, Jeez. I said, did, did the kid fall? And he said, yeah, he fell. I, th- I thought there this was more of a cooperative moment. <laughs> no, 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 no. What no. kind Flat of cooperative out. moment like, is it? Put your cigarette know. out on me. I've I want to see how it feels. Like each other purposely. Wasn't the arm. Really? Wasn't yeah. the arm. It was the neck. Jeez. So there you go. The neck burn. All right, let's let's play friendly. some audio of Sirianni. You know, well, we got um, Ray here, and again, Howard comes up in a couple minutes. But Sirianni spoke the other day. And, Ray, one of the things John and I wonder, again, this poll from the NFL Players Association, which was conducted late summer um, through portions of November, Sirianni got an A. Highest grade you can get, an A, mm-hmm. which is a great. Pluses. So I think Andy Reid got an A+. Oh, did, were there pluses? Yeah. Okay. But there was no conducting of the poll in December or January or February while the Eagles 
you know, collapse happened or thereafter. So we wonder how much the poll is invalidated based on the Sirianni level, based on when it was done. Um, we wondered yesterday, Ray, is Sirianni's messaging getting old? I want to play for you, Ray, from two days ago, one of the, I don't know, 37,000 times Sirianni just two days ago referenced his core values of five things. Listen to what Sirianni said. I do think, though, with those core values, it is a you always double down on those because, to me, it wasn't a core values. We didn't just make them up and say, hey, connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals are what's important, right? We That was years and years of coaching and playing that we thought to ourselves, and I thought to myself, these are the common denominators of good football teams. And that's not that's not changing off of a bad spurt, right? And so it is, it is a true double down on those from day one. Um, you know, doubling down on the connection, doubling down on the accountability. I really look at it, those two, the connect and the accountability. Even though I say connect, compete, well, those two C's kind of go together, so it's like they say together. But connect and accountability are the two, I would say, cornerstones of our of our program that we, that those are, those are the ones that I, when I really take away, hey, these are important, that we play with good football IQ, that we play with good fundamentals, and that we compete our ass off. Those are important. But it all starts, every, everything starts with the accountability and the connecting. And, and so it is, it's almost a, a, a double down, a triple down on those, um, those core values. Now that's Sirianna two days ago. Ray, here's what I know. Those are good values. They're mm-hmm. great core values. They're great cornerstones, whatever you want to call them. But I also know when I hear it, when I hear it, my eyes start rolling over. Mm-hmm. I wonder about the Glazing. players. Yeah, when they hear it day after day after day. Do you think maybe that's part of the problem, that that stuff's getting old? Um, could be. I mean, when you talk about, there's two different things here. There's there's the values, uh, and then there's the messaging. Mm-hmm. Okay? The values are what you're built on. The messaging is what you say. Uh, the values The values go across the board, and football is a very fundamental game. For all the... For all the X's and O's you can draw up and all the terminology and jargon you throw out there, the fundamentals of winning football are really very simple. Um, and the idea that what Nick's kind of – at the heart of what Nick's saying here is we have to keep driving those points home. The execution, the fundamentals, the accountability, those really are the, fu- those really are the cornerstone of winning football. But the messaging of how you deliver that to your players – is something I think he might need to freshen up a little bit. Because I think what John just said is right. I think at this point, going into year four, if you get up in front of the class, the, the, I'm talking about the yeah. class, <laughs> the, the team, it's basically the same. It's a right. classroom. Uh, and you start with that same message again, the guy's eyes will start rolling up in their head. Yeah. What you're basically saying, the values that you're establishing are the values of winning football. But I think you need a different way to deliver the message to get the most out of your players. Ray, a couple final minutes with you here before we get to the King Howard coming up at, at the at the top of the hour. Uh, let's just do one on the Sixers. I mean, we haven't talked to you in forever about the Sixers. They're a disaster right now. H- how do you assess your team, your town, your Philadelphia 76ers? Uh, yeah, I mean, without Embiid, they just can't compete. Without Embiid, they just can't compete uh, with the teams that they're going to have to play in the playoffs. Um, Does it trouble you how much they're losing big without him, meaning that even when he comes back, they just don't have the pieces? I kind of do. You know, I mean, I watched a little bit of the Celtics game the other night, and it was, it was, I mean, the Celtics just toyed with them. It was like a cat playing with a mouse. 
You know, they kind of let the score stay where it was. And the Sixers would make a run and they'd get close. And the Celtics would look up and say, okay, I guess we better play. And now then they'd blow it open 16 again. 16-nothing run. Right. I mean, they just, the, the teams are good teams are going to toy with this team right now. And I don't know, even if you get the big guy back for the playoffs, that you're going to be able to put all those pieces back together again. You know, this team's not going to go very far. However, however, to your point, and you raised this up earlier about the Flyers and the, and the playoffs, yeah. I think they're going to go. I think they're going to make it. I do, too. I, re- I really do. I mean, I'm a little worried now. That, I mean, they're going to really overwork the goalie because they can't believe in anybody else. I worry about that a little bit. But on a night-in and night-out basis, Tortorella's got this team playing really well. I think they're going to be playing in the postseason. A lot of effort and more skill than perceived before the season started. I agree. It's been really impressive. It's been really, really impressive. Yeah, John's done – John's done, I mean, he's probably not going to win Coach of the Year. But, I mean, I think he's done a really good job with this team. I mean, they're playing really smart, competitive hockey, regardless of the competition. Ray, we will schedule this again soon, my man. I certainly hope Especially so. Especially with, you know, the free agency in two weeks. Yeah. We didn't even get into the combine, and that's one of my favorite right, subjects. Give me a combine. And then Howard's going to complain that we're late to him. And the, <laughs> and the, king, the king can hang off for another minute. Uh, Ray, give me a combine point. What do you got? Uh, <laughs> uh, the combine just, just drive me crazy because I, I just drove me crazy how the scouts would allow one forty-yard dash to totally change their opinion of a player. I just never, I just never got it. However, the other side of it, and I'll make this quick because I want to let let Howard have his time. <laughs> um, the example when ever, anybody ever argues the value of the combine against guys like me who say it's worthless, <laughs> the people will always argue Patrick Mahomes is a great example. When Patrick Mahomes went to the Combine in 2017, there were huge questions about him. I mean, there were people that said he was going to be a second-round draft pick. That was the actual projection. Wow. He was going to go into second round. Because his team had only won five games at Texas Tech. They ran that crazy air raid offense that nobody could make any sense out of. He turned the ball over a ton. But they got him to the Combine. They put him in the drills. They worked him out. They saw how smart he was. They put him under center. They saw how quickly he could take away the center and – um, and make all the throws. Can you imagine and seeing that arm for the first time? He threw, he threw the ball. They now use a radar gun, like in baseball. Mm-hmm. He threw it 60 miles an hour. Nobody had ever thrown. <laughs> the ball had never exploded out of anybody's hand Ooh. the way it did. And all of a sudden, his stock changed. Andy trades up sure did. to number 10 yep. to get the quarterback who's now won him three Super Bowls. And his, the, the perception of Patrick Mahomes changed night and day based on what happened at the Combine. So while I have my questions with some of the stuff that happens at the Combine, there are cases like that where you could totally change your perception of a player and can help you win a championship. Ray, great stuff, man. We'll talk to you soon for sure. Always a pleasure being with you guys. The Daddy, Ray Dittinger. One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now, go, cat, go, but don't you. Don't be doing that. Step on my blue suede shoes. No shoe stomping. Howard asking. We go from one king to the next. Elvis to Howard every Thursday at this time. Howard brought to us by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. We welcome the king, Howard asking. How you doing, king? I'm just great. Joe, I don't worry about you being late because I know you can't read a clock anyway. So what the hell? Why would it change? Well, king, you know, that's that's probably true. That's why I go digital these days, you know? Yeah. Nice and easy. Well, oh, yeah, Mr. Digital over there. Mr. Yeah. Digital. That's what they call me. Yeah. As he pulls out his legal, legal pads and starts <laughs> writing on it. Yep. I'm like Ray. I still have the legal pad all, all over the place. All right, Howard, a ton to cover with you here today. Let, mm-hmm. Let's start Eagles and let's start A.J. Brown. First time we've talked to you since the A.J. Brown interview on Friday. Um, what did you make of how A.J. presented things? Obviously, he was critical of the media, which would be 
thousands of people locally and nationally. Uh, what would you make of the whole thing? I, I thought he was impressive uh, to, number one, have the uh, guts uh, and the fortitude to say, you know, I've had enough of this and I'm going to address it. And he made a lot of great points. Uh, one of them, and, you know, I know you guys were talking about how the Eagles fell apart. His, his, one of his points was we were 10-1 and one with the best record, but we weren't the best team. And we knew that, him talking about the team. And we knew that when we talked about it. There was complaints throughout the first part of those 11 games. It's yep. like, you know, they're not winning the way they – impressively, the way they should be winning. And he said a lot of things. And when, when things come out, and I would say 85% of them are nonsense – uh, it's uh, social media, it's for clicks, it's for views, and he was right uh, about all that. Uh, it, it's just, I was, I'm not in that locker room all the time because the media is not allowed to be in that locker room all the time. <clears throat> but I saw those players a lot, obviously being at all the road games, and I didn't see a lot of what people were talking about. Now, did A.J. Brown overreact sometimes? Yeah, because I could see when I'm I'm standing down there on the field, I'd say, well, he was open on that play, and the quarterback didn't see him, so he's angry. You've got to tone that down a little bit, but I understand why he was upset. I don't agree that he should have been as upset as he was all the time, but I've seen times where he was mad, and he went to the bench and blew off the steam by himself, which is a good thing if you're mad, and sometimes he didn't, and the camera always catches him, but... I thought most of the things he said were were correct. We're we're addressing things that that weren't right. When when you hear about reports, and I hesitate when when we at WIP say well reports said they're not reports. In most cases, they're rumors. They're not reports. So it's reported, but they're not reports in the in the way that we knew reports. But I I thought he was uh, very impressive. Impressive, it might be the wrong word, but uh, he did what he needed to do. And, uh, you know, it kind of, it should have opened our eyes to things that were going on. I mean, one of the reports was he wanted to be traded. And I think he made that extremely clear that he didn't want to be yeah, traded. Yeah, he sure so, did. Yeah. So Howard, did anything stick out or strike you? We, we got to see uh, both Howie and Nick speak yesterday. Uh, did Nick seem different than at the end of the season now with the chance to, uh, you know, sort of recover and, and get ready for a new one starting up? Well, I think we all saw they didn't say anything, <laughs> that, which, is what, which is what they do. And it's kind of uh, – that's why – and I – I go back, Rob, baseball's different, and we don't jump on baseball and criticize as much as we do football because football's the number one sport in Philadelphia, and it's not even close. But when Rob Thompson said, we're a better team with Reese Hoskins at first and Bryce Harper and right, the Eagles would have never gone in that direction. It's just like, what? And I don't know that I expected it, but I admire the fact that he was was – truthful and said what he actually believed where in the case of football and I'll say the Eagles and it's a lot of football now a lot of football coaches they kind of say things the one thing that kind of and I still think Nick Sirianni 
with two and a half positive year, two and a half seasons of positivity that they say, well, we should fire him after the last six or seven games. And I think that's ridiculous. But when he said Jalen, I'm okay with Jalen Hurts being a, he didn't use the word quiet leader, but lead the way he does. I don't accept that because I know, I don't know who talked to Jalen Hurts, but I know there were conversations. Hey man, connect a little more with your teammates, be a little more emotional. They, they, they believe that, but he didn't. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Hey, listen, he does it his way. Maybe I'd like to see a little more emotion, a little more connectivity with his teammates. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And we harp on that for a couple of days, and then we move on. So that was the thing. But I don't think there was anything different about what they say. I think they're going to say what they say to try to keep it uh, on a positive note. Howard, let's get to the Phil series. The season starts. Yeah, let me just yeah, let me ahead. just address. Because you guys were talking, you and Ray were talking about Jalen Hurts, an MVP candidate, which you know, I've looked at his stats during the year. They really weren't that good. After the bye, he only had four games where his quarterback rating was over 100 in a season. He had 15 interceptions in the season. I, I, it really wasn't that good. And his quarterback rating against Kansas City, which was a big win, was 64. I, it, it's just he was not an MVP candidate, but he was – in the eyes of many people, only because the Eagles were ten and one. So I, I just wanted to address that. He he really has got to get better. Uh, I agree, and, he's got to get better. No question. But, but we, let's go to the Phillies. All right, Howard. Uh, they have three totally different options to lead off this year: Schwarber, Stott, Turner. What do you think they should do? I already laid out my lineup to the manager. I think Stott and Turner should be at the top of the order. I want speed. I want guys running. I want guys stealing bases. When you put Schwerber at the top of the lineup, that's why the guys behind him can't steal as much. If he's going to get on base, and that's great that he gets on base, but he he slows down the bases. He, he clogs it up, and I don't want that. Hit Schwerber, he's still going to get fastballs if he hits fifth. Uh, but I think Stott and Turner. Now, if you want to flip-flop them, that's fine because they'll both steal. They will both steal if they're at the top of the order. And you should have runners. And Stott, and one of the things he said, I know when I was down there, he's going to try to work a pitcher a little bit more, try to get a few uh, more walks. But I think Stott's a good hitter, and I think he'll adjust to that. But he does work a pitcher pretty good. He just sure doesn't does. get walks. Right. And that's what you want. Your leadoff hitter, start that pitcher that, you know, you're already at, at, at eight to ten pitches before you even get to the second hitter, which is really a pretty good thing. And then Schwarber said, well, after the beginning of the game, then you're not the leadoff hitter anymore. Yes, but you're at the top of the order in front of those other people that can do other things. And uh, I just don't – I think it's ridiculous that the analytics, uh, the leaning and the, and the crutches about analytics, uh, it's just too much already. Let's get, let's get the game the way it's exciting, the way it's good, and the way Arizona beat the Phillies with their speed. And that's what I want to see. So I want to see Stott and Turner at the top. of the, And you could still go lefty, righty, lefty, righty, all the way down if you start doing that. But if you put Stott second – then that doesn't accomplish what I know Rob Thompson and the analytics people want, where you go righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty. You know, you alternate yeah. because then you'd have Stott and Harper backed up, and that's and then you'd have to put Schwarber five. But I'm okay with Schwarber at five. 
I, I, I'm okay with Schwarber at five, but I want I want Stott and Turner at the top of the lineup. Hey, King, stay well, buddy. Thanks for being on the show. All right, take care. You guys have a great day. And, Joe, I, I'm going to send you – there's going to be a book on <laughs> clocks. And I'm going to send you a book, How to Read a Clock. Well, I'm going to wish you a happy leap year. No one's probably ever done that to you before. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, this, hey, Joe, it's remember, a big day. what we're doing today will only happen once every, every four years. That's right. But for you, not reading a clock happens 365 <laughs> days a year. Kings. 366 this year. Ooh, he got you. He got you. Seltzer took down the king. Thanks, Howard. See you, buddy. All right, see you later. All right, up ahead, an awful lot, including a yeah, special guest. We'll say hello to we'll say hello to a friend. We'll get to that up ahead. We'll rock all your calls. Also, something Ruben Amaro said about the lead-off spot to us yesterday was fascinating. We'll get to that and more. Your phone calls as well, 94 WIP. Hey, parents, if your son or daughter got injured playing sports and is suffering with groin pain, hip pain, pelvic pain, or abdominal pain, know this. A primary care physician or physical therapist likely cannot fix the injury, but the Vincera Institute certainly can. You may remember I had surgery a couple years ago at the Vincera Institute. Through both surgery and physical therapy, they absolutely got me back on the on the road to recovery, to being recovered. And they can do that for your son or daughter as well, or for you you specifically. Let me give you what I think is the best thing I can tell you to try to prove to you how legitimate Vincera is and how much they can help you if you or a family member has an injury in that region. That game played earlier this month. That game in pro football, it's the biggest game every year. This year it involves San Francisco and Kansas City. There were 18 different players in that game, that one game, 18 different players who had had surgery successful surgery at the Vincera Institute. It was actually nine players on both teams. That is a testament to the greatness of Vincera, how people come from all over the country or even, in other cases, all over the world to the Philadelphia Navy Yard, to South Philadelphia, to the Vincera Institute, and to the great care of Dr. William Myers and Dr. Alex Poor. You don't have to travel from KC or San Fran. You're here. Go to Vincera if you have one of those problems. They'll fix you up. Physical therapy, surgery, whatever it takes, groin pain, hip pain, pelvic pain, or abdominal pain, get yourself to Vincera. Start with their website, vinceraInstitute.com. Again, that's vinceraInstitute.com. Well, great to be with you on this Thursday morning, final day of the month of February, making a turn to March tomorrow. Joe to Cameron, John Ritchie, it's 94 WIP. Today's show is sponsored by Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, the only app I use. Join me and you're in the zone. New users get up to $1,000 casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. You must be 21 in PA or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And I got to tell you, I'm disappointed here. I'm still looking. Seltzer, I'm still looking for a leap year, leap day baby to yeah, call Yeah, we need a leap birthday. I mean, come on. I mean, someone out there, as I mentioned earlier. Are we allowed to have them on, though? You have to be 18 years old to call. Got to be 80. Well, yeah, you gotta I mean, be yeah. So you got to be like in your. 72. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be 72 years old. <laughs> Tough sell right there. As a leap baby in order to call and be 18 years old. Look, I am fascinated by the 84-year-old out there who today turns 21 and can actually legally drink. That's the guy I want to hear. I want to hear from an 84-year-old 
who can now finally walk into a bar and, you know, order a beer. But anyway, what a thrill. What a thrill. But, no, really what I want is just one person to call me up who's born on February 29th and tell me, like, what is that like? And how big a party do you have when you actually have a February 29th? And when you don't have a February 29th, do you celebrate on the 28th or March 1st? These are the important things we're trying to figure out today. Let me tell you what we're also trying to figure out. Is Keith Jones the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln? I think he might be. Let's welcome back to the WIP studio. Still an unbelievable work for the Philadelphia Flyers, Mr. Keith Jones. Jonesy! Good to see you guys. How are you, Dude, pal? I'm doing Jonesy! Great. You know, Jonesy! Look at this guy! The greatest president to ever be. Well, I go, I go Lincoln, Washington, Jonesy. I'm not great with American history. I might You know, Simone Gagne is a leap year. Is he? Stadium. Well, get him the call. 1980, February 29th. So, I had no idea. Yeah. 1980. Wow. So today he is, let's see, 34. That would be 80. No, 24. 44. 44. So your, he's your a, math is terrible. So what, he's 11? <laughs> yep. He turned 11. <laughs> turned 11 today. Simone Gagne turned 11. That's great. Can't believe it's almost March. No. Uh, That's unbelievable. I know it is. You know what's more unbelievable? You guys might make the playoffs. We're trying. Might. I mean, our guys play hard. It's been impressive. It's been very so, a fun group to be around, and it's good to see that um, you know people are paying attention. It's all, all a credit to the way the players have performed. Congrats! I mean, when I said might, I mean obviously it could still go either way. Of course, it it yeah. looks like it looks like you probably will. Congrats! I mean, it's got to be ridiculously gratifying, Jonesy. Well, <clears throat> the one thing I will say, it's been a lot of fun to watch the way that our players have performed. You know, the results have been there, and obviously that makes it a lot better. I hate losing; uh, it just makes you feel like crap. It's an awful feeling. And then when you walk in the room after games, to see the look on our players' faces after a loss is something that makes me feel really good. I mean, they, they hate to lose. They, they have a really strong bond with one another, and I think it's kind of permeated throughout the entire organization, and, and the players are the ones that are doing the performing. Is so it, what's made the biggest difference with this whole turnaround? The, the one thing I would say is – the character of the players has really come to the forefront. They, huh. they play a, a tough-minded style of game. Uh, they pick each other up when someone needs to be picked up. They hold each other accountable. Uh, John Tortorella has talked a lot about uh, you know, having the room right, and there's no question that that is headed in the right direction. Um, some would say addition by subtraction, but it's more a credit to the players that are here. Uh, buying into that and doing their part, having a captain now like Sean Couturier certainly helps. And, you know, he was named captain, what, a couple of weeks ago and then found himself on the fourth line, you know, three <laughs> games later. That's that's the way it works for us. Like You have to perform at a high level. And uh, the good news is the players are holding each other accountable and holding themselves accountable. What's it like for you working with Briere and Tortorella? I mean, it's you been got, great. The three of you guys are kind of the three. Yeah, what's that like? And, and and then Dan Hilferty at the top of has course. been awesome as far as bringing us all together. Uh, Torts is he's a very interesting guy to be around. He's a very smart hockey mind. Uh, he's very honest, and that's something that uh, I think the players appreciate, and I think both Danny and I appreciate. Danny's a blast. He's he's just a really smart person. Uh, great hockey mind. Uh, extremely dedicated to the job, making sure that he's putting in long hours to try to get this right, uh, especially now leading up to the trade deadline where we have some important decisions to make. 
Uh, but it's fun. Like we're, we're really enjoying it. I enjoy this company. I, I think he enjoys mine and, yeah. uh, you know, doing it together, I think is the right formula. It's, I don't think it's a one man job anymore. I think that, you know, teams that have general manager, ma- general managers and presidents that are, you know, a combination type title. I think it's too much. I think there's too much going on. So I like the way that we have it here and we, we share a lot of responsibilities and, Ultimately, Danny will make the player personnel decisions, and I'm going to be there to support him in any way that I can. How often do you guys get competitive, like, around the office? I, I think it's amazing. And also, like, how much does it help that you guys played in the same NHL, you know, concurrently? Yeah, it, it matters. Um, Danny, you know, we kind of crossed over near the end of yeah. uh, my playing career, and then Danny went on to do great things here in Philadelphia. Um, I think the fact that we both played here in this city – that we both have lived in the city for an extended period of time. I, I do think that helps us in making sure that we're thinking in the back of our minds, at least of the players that we acquire fit the city um, and obviously fit what we're doing. But at the same time, we want to make sure that the guys understand what it's like to play here in Philadelphia, what it takes to play here in Philadelphia and what it takes to stay here in Philadelphia. And so far, um, I think we've done a pretty good job of selecting players that kind of fit that mold. Jonesy, do you miss WIP? I do. I, I uh, It's kind of fun to come back in here and then uh, kind of sad in the same way because I had such a good time doing what I did and still get so, so much great feedback from the fans. You know, there's so many people that will stop me. I'll tell you this. I was on a flight back from uh, Florida last night, and I had a fan say, I, I love hearing you on the radio. And I had to say, well, I'm not on the radio anymore. You know, and I have other people tell me, I love the way you're on your broadcasts, and they stop me all the time. And I, it's not, it's an awkward thing to stop and say, well, now I'm the president of the Flyers. You know what I mean? It's like, how are you going to say that? So I always just go with it. I'm like, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And they'll ask me if I'm doing a game. And I said, no, not today. <laughs> and that's it. So that's great. I don't want to stop. Like, it, you can't stop wow. someone saying, oh, I'm the president. That just sounds strange. Yeah. So, Jonesy, I, I heard John Elway say something one time. Um, so he obviously, you know, one of the all-time greats in football, steps away. He's off the stage for, I don't know, a good 15 years, maybe 20. Comes back running the Broncos. And I heard him say there was a void for him not being able to compete. You, you can compete in business. Guys like Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan do. But it's different. Um, I'm curious, the juices of sports and competing the way you now are competing again, does that reinvigorate something within you? It, it does. I mean, I swear more now than I ever have. Like, it's, it's so it's, – <laughs> you, you just – you're so into what's happening and you feel the pain and defeat. Um, you certainly enjoy the wins, but you're always thinking about the next game. You're thinking about the next player. You're, it, it never leaves you. Um, it's a constant mm. – kind of in your in the forefront of your mind trying to get things right and feeling the responsibility of trying to do the right things for your team uh, to make sure that you stay competitive and enjoy the wins that much more frequently. Uh, it's, a, it's a long season. It's an 82-game schedule in hockey. Uh, there's ups and downs, and when it's down, it sucks. So we, you want to try to avoid that as much as you can. But at the same time, there's, uh, there's great joy in – and feeling, you know, you know, just how difficult a loss can be and how great yeah. a win can be. One more, and then we'll get back to the phones, but I'm curious. And I know different executives and coaches would answer this question differently. I'm curious where you come down on this. Has the team exceeded your expectations so far? I would say marginally. 
I'm not surprised where they're at. I'm not surprised how they compete for one another. Uh, I think I knew that part would be okay. Um, I felt really confident about that going in, and Danny and I talked about it a lot before the season started. And we talked with players individually about saying, you know, we're we're saying one thing to everyone as far as our messaging, and that was that we were rebuilding. But we made sure to tell every player on the team that that's BS. (laughs) (laughs) Drop of the week right there. We we just heard it from a Philadelphia executive. What they say publicly may not be (laughs) what they really think. Spike, I'll tell you what Spike Eskin says to that. Bah. Right there. <laughs> I'm going to hear Spike's voice again. He's back, isn't he? He's coming back bah. soon. Oh, I'm Spike Eskin. I com- saw that. He's coming back yeah, soon. All right. you guys. It's, uh, gotta- let me just do the Twitter poll yeah. question of the day here. It's brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Routine maintenance major repairs. Armin Chevrolet's service team is there to help. Certified service. Visit ArminChevy.com. Well, I will say this. The team has certainly exceeded my expectations and not marginally. Which brings us to this Twitter poll question of the day. Will the Flyers make the playoffs this season? A, yes, B, no. You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. Also, uh, Jones is going to field questions here. And not just on the Flyers. We're going to be talking all the topics we're discussing. Jones is going to settle into uh, Sports Talk show yeah. host. Keith Give me Jones. one. I got it. <laughs> I, I, I had a chance to talk to Danny Briere, uh, I don't know, maybe like five years ago. Seven years ago. It was right Seven when our show ago. started. Okay. Yep. And, yeah. and, and I was fascinated by just his ability to – you know, dream in other languages. Yeah. Hockey is, it is certainly a place where you are using more languages than what you used here. Yes. Uh, how how does that work for you? Like, are are, are you multilingual? I am not. Uh, Danny is, which uh, is well, great. Definitely. So he has some conversations on the phone that I have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> he could be ripping me for all I know, but... Uh-huh. Um, it, it is interesting. There's players coming from all over the world, and we're monitoring, you know, a lot of our prospects that are playing pretty much everywhere that they play hockey, yeah. So, including Russia. So we're watching a lot of games over in the KHL. We have three goaltenders that are under our watch there in the KHL that we uh, drafted. Um, so we're keeping a close tab on what they're doing. Of course, we have Matt Davichkov, who's, you know, our – future as far as developing a major talent that's going to you know attract a lot of eyes um so we're really we're paying attention to you know players all across the world traveling to sweden finland watching these guys and trying to make sure that we're doing everything we can to draft the next ones uh we do have two first round picks in this year's draft and uh, making sure that we're doing everything to keep the cupboards full as far as developing players that can help us in the future. All right, let's get a lot of calls in here. Again, Jonesy fielding calls, and, you know, we'll just settle into talk show host mode, and, and let's rock and roll. Let's get to Ken and Cinnamon. Hi, Ken. Good morning, friends. How are you today? Doing great, Ken. Hey, it's great to have Keith back in, 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 the, off, in the studio there. And uh, before I get to my Phillies point, because I've been dying to have this conversation, uh, I, just to put this in perspective for you, Jonesy, I was – at the last Flyers Stanley Cup parade, so that's kind of um, – <laughs> this is not uh, – which is a good thing and a bad thing, but this is not the old man get off my lawn speaking here. Um, when you make the playoffs this year, can you please light that gritty costume on fire at center? <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one who asks that. There's no doubt. But uh, he does so many great things for us. It's incredible, especially as far as the work in the community. Um, I've been around him in the off season. The kids absolutely love him. 
Uh, there's no question that he's made a major imprint on uh, helping us in all our charitable efforts. And he does a great job at the games, too. I, I, he doesn't appear as much as he used to. That's a little subtle change. But he's doing his part. He's doing his part to, you know, get the fans going in his section there. And he's somebody that we uh, we really appreciate. Is he sure. upset to be downgraded to the fourth line? He's happy. He's happy. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Check in line, baby. He's going to go and hit somebody. There you go. He's not on the power play anymore. All right, Ken, go ahead. What do you, Ken, what do you got on the fills, buddy? It's just a costume. It's not the person in the costume. <laughs> he's alive. Um, so, so this is this is a conversation I've been dying to have because there's there's so many different ways to look at it, right? Um, I'll, I'll just go out there and say I think Bryson Stott should be the leadoff hitter, and I know James disagrees with me vehemently, um, and he'll he'll point to the record. But as I've said to you guys on several occasions over the over the last couple of years since Rob Thompson's been the manager. I think he puts way too much emphasis on this whole right-left thing. I don't mind uh, righties back, lefties backing up against each other if, like Bryson Stotts or uh, Bryce Harper's splits between righties and lefties are virtually identical. So Bryce Harper can hit lefties. So I, I don't mind if you know Kyle Schwarber is the cleanup hitter behind. Bryce Harper, even though they're both left-handed, because it's, it's about it, lefties' it late in innings, though, Ken. It it's is. not. It's not about the lefty starters that Harper can hit. It's about these lefty specialists that are brought in to face two or three lefties well, in a row and can really cause damage. Here's the other thing, though. Okay, it's not just about the speed at the top of the bases, which I think is important, and that puts a different kind of stress on the pitcher than you know the, the stress of having to pitch to Kyle Schwarber right off the bat. Traffic on the bases early in the game puts a lot of stress on the pitcher too. Um, but when, when the Phillies couldn't score runs in the last two games of the NLCS, the guy that was on base all the time that got stranded, and I've said this before, was Brandon Marsh. And what happened was Brandon Marsh had two guys behind him when he was on base that just could not put the ball in play. And, you know, because he's got Johan Rojas, who just, who just did nothing. Right. And then he's got Kyle Schwarber, who doesn't put the ball in play enough either. I don't have anything against Kyle Schwarber, and I love home runs. But you know you got to put the ball in play more. Well, you've been stead- you you've been steadfast on this. Look, we're gonna we're gonna know in about a month. Ken, give me an answer. Who or what took a leap? Well, it's the leap that founded the United States of America. The founding fathers signing the Declaration. Wow, that's a good that's a good answer. Yeah. All right, let's see. All right, Jonesy said he's not much of a historian. Jonesy, I forget which one said it, but there was a famous quote said by one of the founding fathers: "Declaration of Independence is signed." And there was a there was a statement made about the risk they were taking. You know that sentence. See, normally I'll let you in on a little secret here. This is when Joe Wechter used to get in my ear, <laughs> and he yes. would give me the answer in my headphone, and then I would appear to be a lot smarter than Ooh. I am. All right, let's see if Richie knows it. Richie? No, I don't. We we will all we all must. It's something like we all must stand together. No, excuse me. We all must hang together, or we will surely hang apart. Meaning, ah, that's, meaning I get it. stick yeah. together, and we can beat the British, but if we don't stick together, they're going to capture us, ah, and they're going to kill us, and they're going to hang us. Live together, die alone. Yeah. 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 It's a pretty, pretty good line right there. All right, let's talk to Joe. Joe, good morning, buddy. Joseph. Yes, I'm here. Hey, buddy. What's going on, my man? You're on WIP. Oh, man, finally. It took, uh, took a little while, but it was worth it. Wait, listen, I got something for you for uh, the lead. Uh, to answer your question on the leaf, and I'm hoping nobody said it. I've uh, been in and out of work, so I haven't had a chance to. Uh, you got it. Spit it out. What do you What do you got? 
I got uh, Michael Jordan. 1987 dunk from the free throw line. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a great that's a good, one, too. A leap. Now, foot was on the line, very much on the line. Very much past. Much line. of it was past the line. Part of it was on the line. He he did get such a – why did he get credit for jumping from behind the line when he clearly didn't jump from, you know, behind the line? Why did he get that credit? It was that one moment that could have gone either way. He was close enough. <laughs> <laughs> because the poster that hung up in everyone's college dorm showed him in the air yeah. and not before he took exactly. off. Exactly. And, and it, look, it looks awesome. majestic in the, awesome. in the picture. Well, not anymore. Look it was. Awesome. It was In the awesome. moment. It, I didn't think it, it was. Come on. At the time, you honestly thought that was awesome? Oh, at yeah. the time, yeah. you could see that he stepped past the, the, the foul But line. I think only he and I think only he and Doc, Doc had done yeah. something near that up until that point, I think. I still remember being unimpressed, thinking <laughs> Dominique Wilkins was robbed. Well, he was robbed. Dominique was robbed. That's, exa- that's exactly right. 215-592-9494. Jonesy in studio with us. All right, Jonesy, let's get to the Carter Hart thing. Um, organization, obviously, is, you know, there's been – a statement or two put out, but let's. This is the first time we've talked to you here on WIP since let's call it the latest. Um, what is the organization's position regarding Carter Hart? Yeah, it's in the courts, so we'll just wait and see how it all plays out. It's obviously an extremely serious matter, um, but we don't uh, really have a lot of that we can say right now, so that's that's about all I'll say on it. Let me just ask you a few more here, and if you can't yep. answer, you can't answer. Is the organization in touch with Carter Hart these no. days? He's on his own. Yep. And true or false, because I heard true, the organization removed his jerseys from the arena. Not going to comment on that. Okay. Uh, he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year, correct? Yes. And so, and this court uh, date is, I believe, supposed to be after the season. Yeah, I don't know. So a pending situation, and you, 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 the organization, await the outcome of what happens in Canada legally, and then the organization will make a decision on how to proceed Correct. with his future? Yeah. Okay. 215-592-9494. Let's talk to John. He's calling from Maniunk right now. Good morning, John. What's up, dudes? First and foremost, Jonesy, I've just been wanting to say this. I've been waiting for you to be on the show for a long time. You know, it was tough to watch Flyers for a couple of years there. I've been watching my entire lifetime. And since you got on board, man, they've been skating so hard and they've been such a joy. And I think every real Flyers fan knows, like, this is a good journey here coming up here. Thank you for coming in there and shaking it up. I, I appreciate um, that. That's that's very kind of you. Yeah, we, we, all, we all get it. We all definitely get it. And, uh, yeah, so first of all, about the Phil's little stuff, I'm so sick of hearing about the Shorver thing. with the, like, Not you guys talking about it, but these people that just I like, can't get over it. It's like, dude. Like, did you not see how many times he came in and just it was one nothing over? Like, it, it's unconventional. We get it. But, but, it's, John, it's but, John, you know, the th- but hold on. But, yeah. John, you know, the theory is one nothing could be two nothing if he yeah. batted second or fifth or fourth instead of first. Like, it's not just it's one nothing that's good. A lot of people say, well, that could be two nothing if he batted behind a better hitter than the nine hole hitter. I think a couple of, I think the most egregious issue with it is, is a couple times last year, Turner would get like a, should have been a triple, but it was only a double, or it was only a, it ended up only being a single instead of a double because Schwarber couldn't make it across the bag. Like that's the time I think it bites you. But at the end of the day, I think there's this weird psychological thing with some of these pitchers that you can, your first pitch of the game better be on point because it's been one nothing pretty often. So I just I'm looking forward to the season more than anything. Last year was just I still can't talk about it, but 
Um, listen, I'm so pumped. But listen, as far as the leap goes, how's nobody said Mike Powell yet? Literally Great the greatest I've world been... record leap ever, still unbroken from 91. I've been so waiting. I don't know what was going on there, but yeah, Jeepers Creepers, great show. I love you guys. Thanks, thanks, Josie. thanks, John. thanks John. Good stuff there. So, Josie, the the call there that, that John, the way he started with um, his excitement about the Flyers. Right. Are you sensing that the town is buying back in more? I mean, can you? Yeah, it's can you see that? It's coming. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the building was electric last Saturday against the Rangers. Yep. Had a lot of you know old school elements to that game. A great fight with Delorier doing his part. Um, team played with a lot of effort lost eventually that game two to one but it it was the type of performance that brings people back even in a loss which is not easy to do um so i do think there's a great buzz that started to be created we're not there yet like we still have a long way to go but people are starting to talk hockey again when i travel and when i'm out in public i'm talking a lot more about the flyers than i was even when i was doing this job so I, I do feel it. I, the fans that I'm talking to seem enthused about it. And uh, that's what we want to do. I mean, it's, it's hockey. We want to make sure that uh, we're kind of getting a little piece of what you know, was a part of this city back to the city and allowing them to enjoy some Flyers hockey when they're getting away from all the other sports. How much can you actually take a chance to enjoy what you're doing and smell the roses? I mean, you've got so much on your yeah, table right now. There's a lot on your mind all the time, John. There's no question about that, but it's fun. I mean, it's a blast. There's, I wouldn't do this if it wasn't fun, if there wasn't a, you know, a level of enjoyment that comes with it. Uh, at this time in my life, it's not something that I, you know, I need to do. So I'm, I'm happy to be doing this. And it's a, it's a lot of fun to work with good quality people. Um, that makes it all the better. Uh, Speaking of which, John Tortorella, how is he different? than we'd expect well i knew him differently before i took the job because we had worked together in television so i knew there was a whole other side to him that the public you know isn't allowed in on um he does show it sometimes now which i'm happy about people start to get the feel of just how important other things in his life are including animals um i think he just does a great job of being direct and straight up with his players I think the guys get it. Uh, I think we have players that understand it, that are important to the process that we're doing here, but also get what the coach is doing. And that's important. But he can go off at any time. I mean, there's always that element, <laughs> uh, which is kind of nice too. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So he, he is an awesome coach. And for us in hockey in this city, it's important that the coach fits the city. Yeah, and he does all of that, and that the players fit the the coach, and and it's just an amazing job that you've been able to do identifying the players that fit the the system, that fit the coach, that fit the city. It just feels like you're you're hitting at a and high it's rate. It's a tribute to the players too. Like Garnet Hathaway is a great example. That's a player that we targeted in the off season, kind of an under the radar type pickup, and he does everything that we expected him to do, and does it in a way that. Our fans appreciate what he's doing, so and the players on the team love what he's doing. So those those type That's of subtle pickups huge. do matter as far as bringing a team together and and getting players in some cases to overachieve. All right, let's talk to Matt. He's calling from Bryn Mawr right now. Matt, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How we doing? Doing great, Matt. Wonderful, my man. It's it's leap day. You know, I, I don't know what to make of it, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, it feels strange. It does. Strange <laughs> feeling. <laughs> Magical day. Magical day. Huh. Well, go ahead. 
Yeah, I heard you guys were calling looking for leap day callers. What questions did you ask? Are you a leap person? Are you, you're one of them? Yeah, I'm one of them. You're a leaper. So is wow. there a term yeah. not other than leaper that we <laughs> use for leap, this? Leap babies. I hear leap babies. Leap I've babies. heard that too, yeah. That's okay. good. All right, so how old are you today, Matt? Today is my 10th birthday. Wow. <laughs> Good for you, man. Big That's one. amazing. Big one. Wow. Around 44. Finally made double digits. Congrats, man. 44 more years you can drink. <laughs> wow. So, t- all right, so do you normally celebrate on February 28th or March 1st if it's not a leap day? It's honestly one of the toughest questions. Uh, two good arguments because you're born in February, so 28th is still your birthday month. Mm-hmm. March 1st isn't, but then March 1st would be the day after the 28th, and that's when I was born, so. Yeah. Oh, man, that is tough. It depended where it fell on the weekend or not. Oh, <laughs> oh I like that. You can go point. either way. You should just take both, man. That factor. Matt, how many times <laughs> yeah, in your life <laughs> How many times in your life have people actually used your birthday as an excuse for having forgotten your, your birthday? You know, like, oh, yeah, totally. I, I, I knew it was coming. Uh, but then they used the, the second choice. You know, like at, like we were just talking about, you can go February or March. Because other people, people have to know, Do too. they always opt for March because it's more likely that they forgot? I think it's 50-50. That's surprising. Um, Jason, Jason Early always says it has to be February 28th, so that's what I usually go by. Wow. Let me I ask you this one. When you go to a bar and you hand them your ID – does the bouncer look at it and be like, "Does he? Do they comment on your birthday when a someone sees your date?" It looks weird. It has to look. But weird. But sometimes they just look at the year when well, you're a bartender. True. Like when I used to wait tables, I would just be like, "All right, is their year good?" And but not like, really right, care about the rest. At a doctor's office, a, a, a bouncer. Do do you get commented on when someone sees your birth date? It's actually one way to tell the difference. There's another Matthew Huddlemeyer. In the area, so that's the only way. And we went to the same doctor before when I was younger. Oh my God, they had to wild. use the birthday. Wow, it's not right. like a common name or anything. Well, it's not like Matt Smith or whatever. All right, Matt, here's the deal. We appreciate calling in as we were looking for a leap baby. You can also win today: Santana tickets and Counting Crow tickets. Give me an answer: Who or what took a leap? What was the question? Who or what took a leap? You can win tickets. What do you got here? Like Jonesy Ooh, took what? a leap. He went from WIP you to can't call being him the fly. That is a leap That's right a leap. there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Matt, you got no answer? James Harden's leaping around. All right, fair enough. He, he does. Yeah. I thought Evil, I thought evil Can Evil would have been a better answer. Oh, man. Waiting all show for it. Yeah, what was that too. thing? The Canyon? What was that thing oh, called? Yeah. The, um, the Grand time, Canyon. Canyon. No, not the Grand Canyon. Oh, he didn't Canyon. leap the Grand Canyon. It was the. Um, yeah, I think he did. <laughs> well, maybe yes, it was that. It, it might have been a part, but not the whole. It was the Snake River. No, the guy walked across the Grand Canyon. The Walenda guy. No, but maybe he leaped a portion of it. I he mean, might have leaped a small portion. Whatever this, whatever yeah. the Snake River is, that's what I think Evil Knievel on his bike leaped over. The Snake River is definitely in Idaho at some point. Okay, well, look. But it probably runs through a lot of those we're, states. We're beyond, we're beyond my scope here. Um, all I right. tubed on the Snake River. I believe it was in Idaho. Okay. Yes. Right. Ah. In Boise. How was tubing? Near Boise, yes. I. That was one of those, it was more about the you never cooler did the, uh... than the tubing. Uh... And <laughs> burning because of falling asleep because of the cooler. Right, someone who pro- a memory. so he apparently <laughs> never he never jumped the Grand Canyon. Okay, uh, Evil Knievel. Whatever the Snake River thing is, that's what I think. I think he did. All right, J- Jonesy, let's talk about this. Uh, this goes back about two months ago. This Cutter uh, Goatee. Yeah, yeah. So the organization seemed pretty unhappy with him. Is that a fair? No, is that a fair yeah, statement? I, I think the 
we wanted him here. Of course you he did. He just didn't want to be here. Yeah. Hence, so, you, hence you yeah. were unhappy with him, right? So, yeah, well, you'd like to be able to convince the player, and based upon our play and the direction of the organization, we thought he would change his mind. But he never did, so we move on. Did you, know, you feel slighted? Like, no, like it's kind of weird heck because you inherit, you inherit something, right? Yep. So it's not like you, you know the person. So I, I would have loved to have the opportunity to know the kid. Um, that's all that I was asking, but that wasn't going to happen. So we had to kind of adjust on the fly and make a decision in the kind of a difficult situation because you don't have a lot of leverage. The college kids can basically say no to anybody and eventually become a free agent. So had we decided to stay stubborn and keep them for all four years, then the only compensation you get is a second-round pick. So that wasn't something that we were, you know, would have won in. You wanted sure. to make a trade to get we value back. We wanted to yeah, yeah, do yeah. the Makes best sense. we could under adverse circumstances. So it, it, it wasn't an ideal situation, but every individual has the right to choose where they want to go. So we could you know, be angry, but it's not going to do anything. Uh, that's kind of the, I would say frustrated was prob- probably a better word. Got it. Understood. Jonesy, so here's something I've been not angry about, but frustrated about for 10 plus years. And you referenced fighting in hockey recently. And I'm normally, you know, just screaming about it without talking to someone who can do something about it. So let me right. talk to you. Sure. So Flyers obviously have a vote. Every organization has a vote when, like, rules are put together. Um, I want fighting back in hockey. I want fighting. Like, I am telling you directly, I will watch more hockey if there's more fighting. I can't be any more simple than that. Yeah, you're not alone. I mean, so, there's a lot of people that feel that way. Uh, but there is, you know – extreme examples of people that don't want it at all. So I think the the league has done a really good job of walking that fine line. I think there's still, you know, obviously a, a number of fans that enjoy it. Just look at how everybody yeah. stood up in the crowd, which has always been the way it's been. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> there is no question that right. there is an entertainment value to it. Uh, but there has been some serious injuries with it through the past as well. So I think I, I don't think it's going to become more. I, I think that, if anything, it was heading in the direction of almost going away. So I'm glad that there's some element of it because I do appreciate how difficult that job is for the players that are doing it. Uh, but I also get that there's a lot of fans like yourself that enjoy it. So I think we're threading the needle with it right now. Um, personally, I'm okay with the balance that is in place right now. And I'm glad that there's still some emotion that is involved and I don't like the stage fights as much. Uh, I understand why they want those to go away, but there is something to be said about a new tough guy being given the opportunity to fight an older tough guy like we saw sure. in the Rangers-Flyers game, which you know that tradition has gone on for a long time, and I do kind of get a kick out of that part of it. I might have texted Jonesy at that exact moment, and I said, <laughs> I'm impressed with both of them. Yeah, oh, they were. I That's mean, fair. it was That's a, a great fight. It. it was it awesome. Was. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of veteran tough guys that when asked by a new up-and-comer that'll say, no, nah, you got to earn it, kid. You go go fight another you know, 50 preliminary matches before you meet the champ. <laughs> like boxing. You know, but it's like Incredible. The, this uh, Laurier's game for anything, and he put on a great show. That's great. More with Jonesy. He's in studio with us hanging out. We'll feel president. <laughs> we got an actual president here. Look at this guy. Good morning. <laughs> That's great, James. Oh, man. Well, Jonesy. 
Gonna have a state of the union. This is we'll do this a couple times a year. This is great having you in studio, man. I'm, I'm happy to come in anytime. That's that is one thing about our team and our organization. We are out there. Uh, Danny's available anytime. We enjoy talking hockey, and we're happy that people it's have good. interest in hockey. Jonesy, let's talk about your um, style of being president of the Flyers. So, different leagues, different teams, different style of pre- like. I look at the Eagles alone, and I'm fascinated by Joe Banner was as forward-facing, public. He had his hands in football operations, salary cap management. Like, he was he was in it, but he yeah. was also the business side, the link, the Novacare. And then, of course, they transitioned to Don Smolinski, who you rarely see, who obviously handles the business side, who, John, we've never heard about him getting involved in a negotiation of a contract for a salary cap for a player. How much should we give this running back? That's an example of different styles of presidents. All right. So I'm curious, Jonesy, how, where your role goes and where it stops. Like Xfinity Live recently, the the new announcement of, okay, there's going to be a a new, you know, the plans are for Xfinity Live to be expanded. Sounds very cool. Is that something you get involved in or not? It's something that I'm well aware of, and I am in the conversations, but it's it's above me. It's, it's, the business side of it, I would say, on my side, would probably be about 25% of my responsibilities. And then 75% is hockey and, and making sure that we're doing everything we can to get the product on the ice in the right place. Um, but I'm very interested in it. Sure. I think we all benefit from, I think the whole city is going to benefit from the ideas that are being thrown about and the news that, you know, they're going to build that 5,000-seat arena there for smaller concerts and venues, the hotel that's going up, um, you know, and also improving on Xfinity Life and continuing to build on that. It's going to be a really neat area down there. And then the vision of what could possibly happen over the next 10-year period. Is the just, phase two it's, thing? It's mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, it's, I'm so excited for the potential of that happening. There's still a lot of things that have to fall into place for that. Um, but it's, uh, it's pretty great. I mean, dream big. And there's no doubt that that's, that's the thought process behind what could potentially also happen. But there's a lot of good things that are, you know, in the works right now that will happen and the potential to have some really incredible things happen down the road as well. Dream big. Yeah, well, yeah that, it's pretty cool. Ooh, that's pretty cool. That's what they're doing. There's, yeah. no, there's no doubt, no about, doubt that. about it. Of course, Josh Harris is also dreaming big. He wants his own arena, right, James? You want to make sure we're on Yeah, the- I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure he does, yeah. <laughs> I actually have some Joshua Harris news if you'd like to hear Do it. you? So Adam Did he buy a fourth team? He didn't buy a fourth team, but Adam Schefter <laughs> tweeted out this morning, you know, from ESPN mm-hmm. that Joshua Harris, most owners do not attend the the combine. He is not only there, he has sat in on every meeting with the top quarterback wow. prospects. Wow. Look at Josh Harris <laughs> getting in there with the Geeked out. He's all geeked out. Caleb Williams? <laughs> Yes. Are they near the top of the draft? They're yeah, not. They're third, I think, or fourth. Oh, somewhere. boy. I think they're third. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right, let's go to the Maybe phones. Maybe even second, actually. I think they might be second. Jones, they're up there. Jonesy in studio with us here. we got a lot on the table, including who should bat lead off for the Phils, some Eagle stuff, and, and Flyers, obviously. Mike in Douglasville right now. Good morning, Michael. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Doing well, Mike. Hey, Jonesy, real quick. My father-in-law and my wife would be mad at me if I got the opportunity to speak to you and didn't say thank you for fielding a competent hockey team. And something that we can actually, you know, watch and be proud of um, for, you know, however long it's been here. I've watched more hockey in the last two months than I've watched in the last five years. So yeah, that's awesome. It. Keep it yeah, up. I've been hearing a lot of that. That's really cool. I appreciate that very much. Absolutely. 
Um, so I got uh, Phillies and uh, Eagles real quick. Uh, Phillies, Schwarber. I'm a big Schwarber leadoff guy, but I do see the argument for Turner and uh, Stott. And where I started wondering, I know they're huge on the righty-lefty thing. It's kind of what Ken, uh, Ken just said a little bit ago. I have confidence in Harper and Schwarber that they are going to have some form of productive at-bat that I wouldn't have a problem more with. with Harper than, more, with, more with Harper than Schwarber. Oh, absolutely. A big difference. That's why I would have Harper up at three instead of, you know, the Schwarber first. Um, I like Harper in the three spot. Um, but I think if we did Schwarber or uh, Harper Schwarber, I really don't think like it would be that major big that you know major of an issue whether it's a left-handed pitcher or a right-handed pitcher. Um, I don't know. Well, Mike, a, 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 a couple things. First off, it is notable to say the two times the Phillies have won a World Series, they've gone back to back in the middle of the lineup with either righty righty or lefty lefty, and they won the World Series. It was you know Schmidt and Lazinski obviously in '80. And it was for many years, and of course that was for many years, and for many years it was Chase and Ryan Howard back-to-back lefty-lefty. So you can do it, you can win, there's no doubt about that. I don't, you know, Ruben, Mike, I want to play something for you. Ruben Amaro said something to us yesterday. We all thought it was a fascinating comment for why they may be inclined to bat Schwarber one. It's a actually a detriment element of Schwarber in the middle of the lineup, three, four, five, wherever you'd put him. Listen to what Ruben said, then we'll, we'll get your reaction. One of the reasons why Schwarber is hitting in the one hole is because I'm not sure if he makes enough contact in RBI situations when he's hitting in the four, five, or six hole. That's fascinating. That's my thought, is that he swings and misses so much and has, has strikes out so much that when he has RBI opportunities, I'm not sure that he's the guy I want there to be the RBI guy. And so that's sort of I a like, concern that's for me. So really second, good point. Uh, right. and third, that's why first, I think yeah, that he's probably you. better off in the one hole than yeah. he is in the four. Or five. That's a great point, Ruben. That's Ruben, fascinating. You, th- you threw me for a loop, Ruben, so you got me on that. And, Mike, just to take that a step further, and our caller, Mike, you're playing audio doing it. So, Mike, just to take that a step further, the theory, obviously, is if Bryce, Bryce Harper is going to get on base the most of this team, and he will. I mean, he's the best player of the team, really, by far. If he's going to get on the most, do you want someone who's – struggles to make contact batting right after. Oh, that's true. That's true. It's um, a big issue. I, I, mean, it's, I mean, listen, like I said, I'm a Schwarber, you know, leadoff guy, so I'm, I'm fine with it, but I, I listen to the arguments for Stott and Turner. Yeah. Um, real quick, I know I'm running out of time. Richie, I need you to clarify something for me. Yesterday, okay. over the past couple of weeks, you've made comments, and you started them off with, I fear that or I think that. Yesterday you said it multiple times, and I don't know if you just misspoke or if you heard something different. You say the phrase, I fear that the players have lost respect for Nick, or I think that the players have lost respect Mm. for Nick. Yesterday you said it multiple times, which is kind of eye-opening. They have lost respect for Nick. No, I don't. Then then I misspoke. I do not know that. That is total speculation based on the way I would feel if I were hearing the things he was saying. Gotcha. People listen closely. Mike, give me an answer here. What you really do. Yeah. That's a deep cut. (laughs) Who who or what took a leap there, Mike? So many of my answers have been taken. So I'm just going to stick with something simple. And this might actually be knowledgeable for you, Joe. Hmm. Frogs leap. (laughs) (laughs) Zoology knowledge there. That I do know. That I do know. So Jonesy, let me ask you this question. Keith Jones in studio with us. The big guy, Angelo Cataldi. Yes. How often do you guys talk? 
We do talk, which is nice. Um, I do miss him, believe it or not. I might be the, uh, I might be the only one. But <laughs> we uh, all miss him. Yeah, he's the best. So the best thing I can say is there's two things. One, we brought him in at the start of the year last summer, really when I started this job, to talk to everybody within the, um, the Flyers organization. And it was Dan Hilferty's idea to bring him in because Angelo had some ideas on how to get the Flyers back on the map as far as getting some people to pay attention to a team that they weren't paying attention to. And Angelo blasted us all. Like he was, he was typical. Angelo was just a great um, kind of lesson into what makes this city tick and how you can bring some fans back and how you can become interesting. And we've taken a lot of the advice that he gave us, which, you know, I knew a lot of it just from working with him, which I think has been a huge benefit for me in this job. And then, uh, Angelo decided he was going to come to a game going back. I want to say it was actually the the, the afternoon game that we honored Ed Snyder. Mm-hmm. And Angelo came to that game. He had seats right on the glass. So I had a, a view of him from where we sit up in our in our box. And I could see how I was watching how he was reacting during the game. And there was we won the game. I think it was against Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. But I looked down, and there was a scuffle that took place right in front of him. And there he is standing up <laughs> as big and tall as he is. And he's pointing at the player on the other team. And I, and I just, I took a picture of it from up top and sent Perfect. it to him. And I thought to myself, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> we're getting the big guy up out of his seat and he's uh, enjoying some uh, Flyers hockey. That's a pretty good day for us. So um, I, I do continually talk to him. He's a big part of everything that I've done in my life, especially giving me the opportunity to have my first job after retiring from playing. Um, that was the first contracted job I had was here. Wow. So I have, uh, yeah, great respect for Angelo, and also we have a great friendship. So, yeah, I'm still in touch with him. I think I heard you say before, some of you can confirm this, that in your opinion, if not for Angelo and WIP, you wouldn't currently be the president of the Flyers. Correct. Yeah, and, and there's another side to that, too. The, the other side is hockey was not being talked about. So a lot of the hard-hitting, controversial things that Angelo talked about, um, I, was e- I was able to avoid from the hockey perspective. It's a tough part of the job. I mean, that's the, the Eagles in those days were getting hammered pretty good. Yep. Um, that was easy for me because I wasn't tied to the Eagles. <laughs> So, All right, so here's, here, here's it's one. It's a re- tough part of the job. It is, and I was lucky to be able to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Here's an Eagles-related one related to WIP. A.J. Brown didn't say these words, but basically insinuating it's WIP's fault that there's negativity in the air. Yeah, we used so, to hear that a lot. Yeah, well. <laughs> you guys are doing a good job then. Now, <laughs> that's not my aim. Well done. Let me tell you, if they if they played better down the stretch, I wouldn't be with such critical comments. I mean. Correct, yeah. So correct. It, it's funny. You would be um, – candid about the other teams obviously as a talk show host do you feel now is there almost like professional courtesy to the other three clubs to not speak publicly in a negative way about them yeah for sure yeah there's no doubt about that and and i did enough of it when i was even if the sixers stink right now yeah even if yeah now you know what i can honestly tell you i don't know that they stink (laughs) you're not paying attention (laughs) you guys are talking about leadoff hitter for the phillies and i have no idea and you're a baseball guy i love baseball and i have no time to watch anything else but what we're doing so you you end up you're in a bubble you really Mm -hmm. are 
And I was just kind of saying that to myself <laughs> as you guys are talking. I'd love to add some insight right. to some of the things you're discussing, but I have no idea. That's great, man. That's uh, great. Let's go to Rich. And the hockey team looks that way. The hockey team looks like yes. you've put we're, everything into there. them, so we're great with that. That's cool. Perfect. Yeah. Well, again, congrats on the success. It's And I, it's I meant incredible. team. I mean, you personally. But the team's better than like anybody thought. We're entertaining. We're providing something, an escape from your everyday life. That is the goal. So we're going to continue to try to do that. But it's a challenge. Well, here, here's, hard. here's one more on the whole overall. God, I hate the word brand. But I'm going to use the word because I think it applies. Okay? God, I hate that word. Um, it has frustrated me, and I don't think I'm alone amongst Flyers fans, that there has felt to, there, it has felt like there has not been a player that has cut through and been someone that the general public can relate to his personality. Um, there, there, there were Hartnell had some of that yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, that's I don't, a good one. I, I don't yeah. want to discredit him. Yeah, that's true. But someone at a at a higher level, or to me, it's Jer- Jeremy Roenick, which was twenty yeah, years ago. Jr. was great. And, and like, great. And, I, and I'll say this, and I say that as a as a Flyers fan, as a Philadelphian. I'll also say that as a WIP talk show host, Jonesy, I long for the day where when we're formulating, hey, who should we get on on Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday? We say, let's get this Flyers player on. Let me give you two reasons. One, he's a really good player. Two, he's really interesting. I'll give you a third reason. And three, the public knows him and likes him and wants to hear from him. Like, that's what Charles Barkley was with the Sixers. Yeah, it was. I want yeah. someone with personality. It's true. So so who who could be that guy? Yeah, there, it's, you know, hockey is. Because I think you need it a lot, Joe. You, you, you need it in hockey. You got to you sell do. your, your yeah, team you and your sport. You do. It's and, important. It is. Um, and hockey is a sport that's full of humble players that's that right. don't like to say a lot. Yeah. Um, I think that was a battle we always had when I was doing the national TV games, too, was trying to find those JR-like personalities. Yeah. The, it's a not it's a big challenge, but that is in the back of our mind. There's no question, and in some cases, in the the front of our minds. Good. Um, it's a great point by you, and in with hockey. I mean, look at Jason Kelsey. Yeah, hockey. Look at Jason Kelsey. Like that guy is Mister Philadelphia, yeah. not Mister Philadelphia Eagle. He's Mister Philadelphia. No, there's there's a lot of bigger than life personalities that have come out of different sports, but hockey needs it more than any other sport um, because. We're battling for you know our place in the sports world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it is. There's no question that you're right about that, and that's something that we want to continue to strive for too. We've got a group of players that together are making noise, and being noticeable. But to have you know that one guy that can really pull everybody in is an important piece of the puzzle. So yeah, we'll try to get there. Too I, many nice Canadians, Jonesy. There's that's a lot your of problem. That. There is a lot of that. <laughs> There is a lot. All right, let's go to Rich. He's calling from King of Prussia. What's going on, Rich? Hey, guys. How are you this morning? Doing great, Rich. Very entertaining. Now, is, is Keith in the studio, or was he just a call in there? He is here in person in the flesh. I don't even know Jones's name is Keith. Your name's Keith? Well, so whenever someone calls me Keith, I think I'm in trouble. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jonesy. Yes, that's me. Uh, so glad to hear your voice. Uh, used to absolutely enjoy the morning show when you were on. You gave it a whole different fun, you know, uh, you never knew what you were going to say, <laughs> but you knew it was going to have something to do with, you know, taking someone's comment and twisting it a little bit and making it a little bit uh, uncomfortable. 
But I man, know it feels weird to be in here and uh, you know watching what I say rather than just saying yeah. whatever I felt. So that there is kind a of man. You're, in my you're life. like a suit and tie guy now. You have to like no tie, <laughs> no tie. But yeah. I, and, I do wear a suit. And and I heard you're doing a lot of curse, more cursing. But you know that I think that just comes with the position. You're you're going to have to do that. Um, so yeah, congratulations. Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty much first a baseball guy. Um, grew up with the Broad Street Bullies and such an exciting time when I was a kid, wa- you know, li- just watching that whole thing. It was so exciting. And hockey sort of lost that flair and all, not to not to say the hardcore hockey fans feel that way, but to the general public, you know, they're easily distracted by other things that are marketed differently or you get superstars. I'm so excited that we're going to see hockey come back in and be, you know, on par with all the other four in the media and the fans and excitement, because I think with the new leadership, it's, it's only going to get better. So good for you. Congratulations and good for the city. Um, uh, and, and listen, while I'm talking about teams, yep, we shouldn't, consider soccer a non-sport in this town it's global it's worldwide well, it's a mass yeah it's a massive sport globally it's smaller here but listen the, the union are doing their thing they, they've carved out their niche you know i mean obviously for them it's about trying to expand it which was something yeah. that was the flyers goal mm-hmm. you know going back 50 years ago when they started i mean that's you know no the flyers hit the ground pretty fast winning a title what year seven i believe jonesy yeah so that kind of yes, helps when was. you win a championship yeah. and you got two million people at a parade in year seven uh, Rich, give me a big-time answer here. Who or what took a leap? You can win Santana tickets and Counting Crow tickets. Well, before I do that real quick, I wanted to just talk about one word that I think, or a couple words that, that make for championship teams. Give me, give me one of them because I got someone I got to get to here, my man. Give me an answer. One word. It's consistent, consistency and balance. You know, those, yeah, I mean, those things do matter. There's no doubt. Greatness, though, I mean, ultimately, you got to get great players. You got to get great, great players. All right, so Jonesy, your your boss is calling in here. Just just seeing so you know. Yeah, oh, Dan, 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 I'm looking up in my line. That's I see, great. I see the name Dan Hilferty. He is. I said to Seltzer, I said Seltzer, I, I know he's got a big old role at the Flyers, but I need the official title, like you know, because we know Jonesy's the president. Dan Hilferty, my boss. Dan Hilferty's title. Jonesy's boss. He also happens to hold the title of uh, chairman and chief executive officer of Comcast Spectacor and governor of the Philadelphia Flyers. Matter of fact, actually, as we bring on Dan Hilfrey, let's play this song. <laughs> All right, we welcome the uh, the Flyers guy, Mr. Dan Hilfrey. How are you, Dan? Hey guys, good to be with you. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist calling in because number one, we do refer to to Jonesy as Jonesy, but I got to call him Keith first. <laughs> Not knowing those presidents of the United States. That's troubling to me. <laughs> Luckily, that wasn't in the interview process. <laughs> yeah, and Jonesy, I can you know I can go Brian Mulroney, Kim Campbell, uh, Paul Martin, Stephen Harper, Justin Trudeau. You know who they are, right? Pierre Trudeau. I remember him. Oh, well, Pierre, yeah. father. Prime, yeah. You're prime minister. You're Canadian prime ministers. Correct. Yes. Yeah. But guys, I, I just I just really appreciate the opportunity to call in, and I, and frankly, we we don't consider. Uh, uh, who's boss and who we each have roles and my role is on, on the business side to support uh, Jonesy as, as president. He's, he's taking the, t- taking the ground running and doing just an amazing job. 
uh, Danny Breer and his job as, as general manager and, and Torts in his role as coach. And it's uh, we all talk about pulling the rope in the same direction, and, and uh, Jonesy's leading the charge, and we all follow well, Dan, congrats on what, you know, you guys obviously have had a heck of a, a season and surprising for most of us. Dan, what has it been like for you? You know, we, we, we have not had you on the show, and, and full disclosure for everyone listening right now, Dan and I have never met privately off the air nor ever spoken off the air. Dan, I've heard from a number of people I know who say you're a wonderful person. I don't know you, but if you could tell, you know, tell essentially the audience your role in trying to get the Flyers charged up and – this transition for you from where you were in business to where you are now with the Flyers, you know, overseeing so much of the operation. Sure. I'm happy to do that. I, I was brought in as, as, as you said, Sharon CEO of Comcast Spectacor. And my role was to not only build out uh, and, and put leadership in place in the Flyers, which we just talked about, but also to make Comcast Spectacor a sports and en- entertainment behemoth. And one that uh, every Philadelphia fan, regardless of the last caller talked about baseball being his thing, regardless of the sport that you really love, that when you think of the Philadelphia Flyers, you think of excellence, you think of uh, playing hard every single day and relating to the fans in a way that we bring everybody along as a family. And so that's what we set out to do. And and I lead it from the business side. Um, Jonesy and Danny lead it from the hockey side. We've broken down the walls between business and hockey, and um, we're doing a heck of a job at it, I think. Well, Dan, it's got to be for you as a Philadelphian. I know you're from here, and you know, you're know you a fan of all the towns. I would imagine it's gratifying to be leading one of the franchises right now. Oh, it really is. And, and on the hockey side, look, I'm, I've been a fan for a long time, and, and Jones, you can, you can confirm this. Uh, uh, fans, we, we, we know what we see, but Many times we don't know what we don't know. And the beauty of this role for me and the favorite times that I have are sitting uh, in the GM's box with uh, Jonesy and Danny and learning, learning the game, the intricacies of the game. And it's been, it's been a blast. They'll say to me, what did you see? And I'll say, well, I saw this, this, and this. And I only missed two or three steps uh, in the process. But <laughs> not, you're not missing as much now, though. That's for sure. Like it's <laughs> it's been a lot of fun too. And and uh, he'll set a lot of the road games as well. He'll come and join us there, which he did in Pittsburgh the other day for that crazy seven six game. Um, it's been really awesome to have his presence around us and his leadership. So we're we're in a we're in a really good place as far as good. moving forward, no doubt. Well, Dan, I'll say this. And I think I can say, like, I try not to speak on behalf of others. You know, Jones, you know the deal. It gets yep, you in trouble. You speak, will. you know, <laughs> except when FDR said we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And he was speaking for we, the whole nation. Like, I remember I, that, that was guy. a big we. <laughs> all right. You know, speaking for all Americans. We got nothing. All right. So here's my comment, Dan. We want playoff hockey and we want to see you guys succeed. And it's been a long time. I mean, you know, it's been. So, Jones, correct me if I'm wrong. I think 2012. No, excuse me. 2020. The yeah, one year the where there year. was a yeah. round that was won in the playoffs, the first round. And prior to that, it's 2012. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah, it's been a long stretch. Since winning a round in the playoffs and since getting to a conference final, that'd be 2010, obviously, when it was the Stanley Cup final. So, you know, Dan, like, I'll say this, my man, with the Eagles having struggled, Philly's going to start soon. Sixers, obviously, are, are lagging right now. We'll see when MB gets back what they can do. I mean, you got a shot to get a lot of eyeballs April, May, and June depending on how far you can go in April, May, and June. 
Yeah, and I, well, I agree with that. I, I'd say this. One of our goals was to create, to bring fans along, to be as open as we can. There's an article this morning where Danny talks very honestly about balancing what we want to accomplish this year and building for, for a strong future. From, from my perspective, we wanted to create that, as I said earlier, family environment where fans feel excited to come to the Wells Fargo Center, excited to follow the Flyers when they're on the road, and to feel part of something really, really special. So that's, that's, what, it's, that's what it's all about. Well, Dan, good luck down the stretch this season and obviously beyond, and we appreciate you calling to the show today. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Take care. Josie, I'll see you. Yep, see you, Hill. All right, there he is, Dan Hilferty, in charge of the Flyers. This segment right now brought to us by MHS Lift. If you're looking for forklifts, a warehouse efficiency assessment, any type of material handling equipment, or if your equipment needs repairs, go to MHSLift.com. Seltzer, I didn't think it was likely to happen, but I thought it would have been the wildest news in the history of our show if Jonesy was fired live on the air by his boss. <laughs> That would have given a few years. <laughs> that would have been the ultimate breaking news sound. I'll make that happen for you guys. When it's ready to happen, I'll make it happen. All right, appreciate time, it, pal. Time's yours and more up ahead, including more with Jonesy. Finishing the show out with us coming up next on 94 WIP. Spring training isn't just for baseball players. It's time for you to get into shape and ready for the warmer weather. For over a decade, NJ Diet has helped thousands of people lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40-plus pounds in only 40 days. That's nearly twice as fast as weight loss injections and without any of those nasty side effects. NJ Diet uses your hair and saliva along with scans to personalize natural solutions and supplements to get you to shed that fat quickly. Then NJ Diet uses your DNA info to help keep the weight off. You're fully supervised the entire time to make sure you're burning fat and not just losing water. You even get Dr. T's personal email and phone number. Locations close by or available from home with live online consultations. Call 855-5NJ-DIET. That's 855-5NJ-DIET. Or schedule your consult today at njdiet.com. Get ready for spring with njdiet.com. All right, Judd Cameron, John Ritchie on this Thursday morning. It is Leap Day here on 94 WIP. Today's show is sponsored by Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, the only app I use. Join me and you're in the zone. New users get up to $1,000 casino bonus back. If you're not a winner in your first 24 hours, you must be 21 in PA or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Right, so we've had some great answers today for uh, who or what took a leap. I mean, certainly some winning answers worthy uh, to win our tickets today. But there is one answer that has Hasn't been said. There's probably no one thinking of it. But I will say this. It's from BC Times. And if someone says this name, I'd be very inclined to strongly consider voting for this person. And you could win the tickets. I'm just going to put it out there. Hmm. There's, a, there's a reason. BC Times. BC. Over 2,000 years ago. There's a reason why I say that as someone took a leap sometime between 100 BC and zero. Jonesy, did they know in zero that it was zero? No. 
<laughs> I can tell you they don't. Did they know in negative one in, in one BC that it was one BC? I mean, what? they do know that. <laughs> the whole thing is that's zero. the distinction. Threw, threw yeah, yeah. All right, let's, let's go to the Seltzer. Seriously, did they have a zero? Did they go from one BC I'm to one AD? I'm guessing there have been many different types of calendars over time and many different ways of expressing the passage zero? of time. I don't know. I no, mean, I think I think it probably starts at one, but. My guess is it's something that we don't know. Like my, they probably had their own. I bet you each culture, each different place, had different ways of telling time and different histories. Probably. I mean, the Mayans probably have a different time than oh. BC, and so on and so forth. Get Seltzer going to the Mayans. Let's go to well, Will. Are we talking about like before Christ and because after they're... Christ? Like so, like we're just talking about. I was just when saying he was there. That's one. Well, right. Well, like, yeah. But Christ didn't know at the time that. You know, right. you know, that's the that's point. the whole yeah. yeah I mean, someone, exactly. Yeah, someone later is like, like decided those, later those the BC at the time thing were like. 180,000 or whatever it was after the fact it was renamed after the big year. bang we're going big bang here i don't know about all many that. All right, many no. many 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 years prior to that <laughs> all yeah. right let's go to the phones will in northeast philly will what's going on buddy good morning Voltron. how y'all doing today doing great will that oh, was very unsound thing. scientifically whatever that yeah. whatever just happened there that's okay. I'm, I'm about to I, I i guess i'm gonna uh say what uh joe was thinking hopefully hmm. um you know, uh, I can't wait till tomorrow, man. You're going to face my brother that uh, turned me on to the show, Keith. That's oh, Keith. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe's going down tomorrow. I, mean, I can't I know wait. It. I know it. Yes, you indeed. Know, you know, listen, Keith is a sports encyclopedia. He's going to, he's going to take you down, brother. Yeah, but here's the Will. I'm a sports encyclopedia on steroids. <laughs> Beat that. Beat so that. then you should be disqualified. Uh, Maybe yeah. we need to talk about this. Oh, wow. Is, are there PEDs involved testing? here? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> this whole hammer record is being called into question now. Get the little cup. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Why did Reggie Bush you and take them all away? We penalize him? Well. Cheating? Meta- the whole time? Metaphorically speaking. It's called my brain, Will. All right. But, um, listen, um. One of the things that I, I really believe, like, collapsed the team um, as far as uh, the, the, the coaches changing, you know, the, the coordinators got changed, and then, you know, we had one set of coordinators in the beginning of the season. Then we switched to another set as far as the defense. You know, um, also, you know, the commitment wasn't there, you know, and that's why I believe Jalen said something about commitment. And what I said in the beginning of the season is, Without no commitment, there's no start. Without no consistency, there will be no finish. So that's how our that's how our uh, season ended, man. We didn't commit and we didn't stay consistent. So you know they go together, man, and taking accountability as we always keep saying. But my thing is, and I keep saying this, man. Please bring Henry to the lineup, man. That is the key to the offense. I promise you. It's going to set up so many it's things. It's just man. not. Well, first off, he's not, you know, Derrick Henry as you knew him, Will. Let's just start with that. I mean, a, a tremendous amount of wear and tear on his body. Tremendous I know, amount. I know, but listen, he's got just enough in the tank to get us to a Super Bowl. Because it's going to be, it's going to open up so many things. The play action, the, you know, the, for Hurts to, to, to go upfield. You know, it's, it's going to open up so many uh, things. You and I see it very different. He's, he's an incredible uh, physical specimen, but, man, 30, 30 years old at this point, and it doesn't feel like there there's like he's going uphill well, he's clearly with not. his career ascension. You're going to be catching the back end of this thing, and you're going to end up having to pay him 
ten million dollars a year plus. I don't think he'll get it that. It doesn't make sense. Will, give me an answer here, my man. Who or what took a leap? Hey, man, something that we're going to have to do this season, take a leap of faith. A leap of faith. Well, I kind of referenced that earlier. So that's, yeah. I said, Jones, you took a leap of faith. You said, let me, let me go do this Flyers thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to today's Twitter poll question of the day related to those Flyers and related to the push for the playoffs. Twitter poll is brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Uh, Armin offering the highest quality certified pre-owned vehicles in the Delaware Valley. Together, let's drive. Visit ArminChevy.com. Before John assesses with a guess how people have voted today, let's make some news here. Let's see if Jonesy will go all Joe Namath on us. Keith Jones, today's question. Will the Flyers make the playoffs this season? As president of the Philadelphia Flyers, are you willing mm, to go on the record? No. Or do you got to duck this one? I'm not willing to go on the record. I, I believe that we will. <laughs> there you go. But I'm not going on the record. No, I get it. That's the wise answer yeah. for a for a team. Because then otherwise, you know, the devils who are a few points behind you, they use Correct. it as bulletin. Hey, Seltzer, put out there on Twitter, Keith Jones just said on the air, the Flyers will make the playoffs this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, I got you. Uh, John, how do you think people voted today on whether the Flyers will make the playoffs, yes or no? 89% say yes. 82 percent wow. say a lot well, of belief so we'll here. take that that's it, solid it would have been about eight percent at the start of the year <laughs> yeah yeah what so that's great yeah it's fun 22 games left jonesy um four games left before the trade deadline too which is a which is an interesting time for us are you particularly busy knowing that you know if you know the trade deadline's coming up and all that you have to canvas yeah yeah it's 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 busy right now for sure and for us it's not about adding you know pieces to push for the playoffs at where we're at in our evolution. So ours is about making important decisions, not necessarily subtracting players unless we get the right assets back, but we're not going to be buyers. That's for sure. Wow. Fascinating. So a greater chance to subtract than buy. Correct. Yeah. Cause we want to be a playoff team for a long time. Like you mentioned the one year where they got back into the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, and there's been multiple years where we have not. But we want to, when we're getting there, we want to be there consistently. You know, much like the Eagles have, like the Phillies are right now, and like the Sixers have been. So. All right, so put yourself in the Keith Jones of 15 months ago. You're, you're seated next to Angela Cattata. Team president of Philadelphia, while in a playoff spot, says better chance to sell than buy. Yeah. How does Angela respond to that? I think because it's been communicated so clearly from the start that he would be accepting that. <laughs> you sure about that? Yeah, I do. I think Rhea, it, I need a ruling here. I think if it I need been, a ruling. You're I, being you are just not you're just flat out lying. No, I believe that. <laughs> I do believe it. He's I've known the man for twenty seven years. He's never been calmly accepting of anything. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm joking yeah. around, Jones. No, but, 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 but you so would you... look at it like for him, it would be yeah. free radio. Oh. <laughs> you know, if the team did make it to the playoffs yeah. and then went on a you know a, a run, that would be awesome. Yeah. Just from the standpoint of getting through the next month and a half of radio. But I think if he sat back and looked at it and thought about the, making the right decisions for the future, that he would get it. Well, so all, yeah, all jokes aside, I was obviously joking around there with the Angela thing. So your your point, if I'm if I'm hearing you, is the organization believes the team certainly can make the playoffs this year, and you yep. want to enjoy however far you get this year. But the grander goal of the brightest next ten years remains the ultimate goal 
regarding the next 10 years, not the next four months. Is that, is that a fair way to put it? Yes, 100%. And, so, and we've been clear on that. I wonder uh, how listeners feel about that. We, we're not going to have a ton of time to get into it today, perhaps more tomorrow. But that's that's interesting, I'm Jonesy. I'm split on it, Joe. I yeah. am. I, I, you know, like I know that Jonesy's got a job to do, but I'm I'm having fun with them. Seltzer, sure. where are you? Like, I, if there's I a think, subtraction, does that bother you? No, I think it's absolutely the correct decision. We have to think about the future. Like, I, look, I'm excited about this team. It's awesome. It's super fun in the moment. But to Jonesy's point, like, we've gone – way too many years without the Flyers being a consistent playoff team. Like, back in the day, it was every year. The Flyers were in the playoffs. Like, yeah. let's get back to that. Be smart. Keep doing what you're doing, Jonesy. And I, I in the grand scheme of things, I, I wonder all the time, is it harder to find guys who are willing to buy in to the long route? This is the hard way that you guys are playing. This is sacrificing the way you guys are playing hockey. Is it harder in today's world to find guys who actually buy into this or do players crave this type of discipline and responsibility? I, I think players always want to win right now. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the players, that's you know that's their job is to win every game. Um, you're never going to find players that aren't looking to win tonight's game, tomorrow's game, sure. the game after that. Um, you don't want players that aren't looking to win immediately. So that's their job is to go out and win. Our job is to make sure that we make the right decisions, that we continue to put the future of the team in a good spot. It's a balancing act. There's no doubt about it. But our guys have proven that together they can accomplish great things. The challenging part with hockey and the part that, you know, I think a lot of fans look at is there's been eight seeds in the playoffs that have won the Stanley Cup in recent history. Yeah. I mean, it does happen. Sure does. So I think that's what fans are also, you know, trying to measure in their minds. But we're not built right now to win the Stanley Cup. We know that. Um, We're good enough to be in the playoffs, and that's a great thing. But we want to be a team that can win the Cup after four grueling seven-game series. And we don't have that type of team just yet. Would you say – you want to say that to the players, though, right? I mean, is this – I might say that's BS. Right. right, right. <laughs> yes! Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's do what we do every single day this time. All right, Times Euro is brought to us by Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge. Discover the nation's best kept secret and switch to Xfinity Mobile. Now at the best price for two lines of Unlimited. Let's hit it with Times Yours. You know, hearing Nick Sirianni's press conference, I'm starting to get a Charlie Brown teacher vibe. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> it's the same thing over and over again, and it's going out one ear and going out the other. It's just very, very stale. There's some of that. My I, concern, yeah. yeah I, I, I also have that worry. Hey, if you want to live by the left, right, left, right, you got to go uh, Stott, Trey, Harp, either JT or Cassidy, Schwab, JT or Cassidy, and down the line. I, I don't want to hear about the, when Schwab's up there, the record, this, that, and the other. Well, that hasn't gotten anything. That guy hasn't gotten the prize. So let's try something different. Well, listen, that's like saying in 1980, in April, uh, the Phillies haven't won a World Series with uh, Mike Schmidt as the third baseman and Steve Carlton as the – Number one pitcher, so let's get rid of them. Like, that's that doesn't mean they can't win with Schwerber leading off. I mean, come on, guys. They got to a game six of a World Series that way. I'll tell you what's happening good in sports in Philadelphia today. 
We get to listen to Corn Boy, Jonesy. He is absolutely a great guy to listen to, and he's what attracts me to sports all my life. Personality, competitiveness, and somewhat of a wise guy. There you go. It's a good call. really is. And with that, time's yours. We shut it down. The Time's Yours line. Leave Joe and John a message of your thoughts, compliments, and complaints. Call 215-238-4500. Today's show is sponsored by Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, the only app I use. Join me and you're in the zone. New users get up to $1,000 casino bonus back. If you're not a winner in your first 24 hours, you must be 21 in PA or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.